this week on Invasion the Podcast. Do you want Batmans? This is how you get Batmans. We talk about the third time a second sequel was made to Halloween. Whose childhoods were ruined more, The Last Jedi or Halloween Kills fans? Halloween's coming. What are you going to do about it? Say happy Halloween. Again, happy Halloween. Get your hands on the spooky soundstage. Halloween. A time for children. Parties. Good times. <laughs> Halloween was a special time. Until the invasion of the podcast. Welcome to the world of terror. Tales of horror that will give you the creeps. Goblins. Werewolves. Stephen King. Vampires. Erotic clown. The perfect treat for your little monsters. <laughs> And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we try to take over the world one listener at a time. My name is Paul, and um, somewhere out there, I see a shape. I think it's Steve. Yes, evil dies tonight, or at least, uh, you know, podcasting dies tonight. We're going to kill it tonight. Your interest in our podcast is going to die tonight. Podcasting has hit its pinnacle, and it's done. What what if um what if uh, Tommy Doyle had actually donated money and someone said live laugh love, you know what if that would have been different <laughs> um, yeah um, something I don't know anyway we're gonna be talking about uh, Halloween Kills uh, the recently released film that is available in theaters and on Peacock uh, the streaming service which um you know, I just I'm not we we're not sponsored by anybody because we're you know we're not that great but um, Peacock's like what six bucks a month or whatever like if you if you want to go see the film in the theater, you know, that that's, that's completely, you know, that's your decision, but it's less than the price of a movie ticket. So, um, and Peacock has a lot of, actually a lot of good programming. Like the streaming services are bulking up, right? Like they're really trying to be like, no, 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 pick us. And just add, and eventually to the point to where I'm paying the same amount of money, like for streaming services as I did for cable that I was upset with. (laughs) Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I wasn't expect. I, yeah. I sometimes you just stop talking, and I thought like you were gonna go on. Yeah, so I know. Like, sometimes ah, I don't know if I'm gonna go on oh, either. Either it's fine. Like I don't know. Ah, oh, ah. Um. So, <laughs> yeah. No. Uh. We have Peacock. We we got Peacock sometime around whenever Superstore ended, because my wife wanted to rewatch the series, and you couldn't stream it anywhere as except for. Uh, the most recent season on Hulu, but you couldn't watch any of the previous seasons. Mm-hmm. So she's like, "I'm I'm gonna spend the money to get Peacock." I'm like, "That's ah, like four ninety nine, I think, a month or something like that." Because we have the version with commercials, and that's the thing we 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 can still stream Halloween Kills at the like lower tier. I think there's yes, I think it's like Hulu where there's two tiers where you can pay to not have commercials and one with commercials, but you still get it if you pay for one of the 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 tiers and. Yeah, for me and, personally, and there's no commercials during that. Yeah, I can verify, yes. So, yeah. You know, uh, and my understanding is, is the office. The kids love the office. Well, they're all up there on Peacock, kids. You can go watch all your offices, uh, you know, enjoy, you know, having your uh, Dwight's and your Jim's and your yeah, and Pam's. Go enjoy having your one personality defining trait. 
That's um, that's that's my hot take. I'm I'm going to be old man yelling at cloud where, um, like I, I think the office is fine. I, I there's a lot of it that I liked a great deal, and I think it's I think it's an incredibly funny show at times. Uh, it just it blows my mind how it kind of became like not bigger, but kind of started leeching into like like it's just like do you watch the office? It's like well, yeah, I have. It's like do you still watch the office? Well, no. <laughs> like I don't know. Like I. <laughs> You know, like, I mean, whatever, like, and that, if that's your thing, that's fine. But it's like, I feel like there's certain, there's certain pop culture that people latch onto and then that's it for them. They're good, which I guess I can't, I shouldn't judge, but it is frustrating to me of like, well, you know, there's other things too. And, and, and in this case, I'd be like, there's a superior show called Parks and Rec. I, there I said it. And a show that I like a lot more that's been consistently funny over the seasons is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, and also the good place. Those are all Michael sure. So you can branch out from the office. It's fine. Yeah. Brooklyn nine, nine of the shows that you just mentioned is the one that we've, for whatever reason, we start watching it, really enjoy it. And then something else, like we become squirrels and I don't know what it is. I mean, like, that's what happens. I we mean, made two yeah. attempt, two attempts to start watching Brooklyn nine, nine. And I, I wanted to before this last season started, but now it's already started and over is my understanding. Um, mm-hmm. the final season of it Brooklyn nine, nine. I like Andy Samberg a lot. I like, uh, is it Andre Brower? Yes. He's amazing. Um, yeah. In it. yeah. His character he's, though. I don't know. It just, it just Captain Holt just becomes like funnier and funnier. The more deadpan he gets. And, and there was an yeah. episode. It's, it's very early in the season because we didn't get very far, but there's an episode where Terry Crews is trying to put together. I think it's a dollhouse for his daughter. Mm-hmm. And it's just him getting progressively angrier and just like <laughs> frantic. And yeah. like, there's some really funny stuff in the episodes that we watch. I don't have a good excuse for not having watched yeah, it. But, whatever. Like you just uh, Superstore. I've never seen an episode of that. So, I mean, I, I get it. You know, like you, you, you know, you find what you want and not, not, sorry, you find what you enjoy. And if you're still drawn to it and not that you don't enjoy Brooklyn nine, nine, I get it. That it's the same thing. Like, and, well, maybe this isn't the same argument, but like my wife and I are working our way through what we do in the shadows, which I, you know, I desperately want to get caught up but like, it's a timing thing, whatever. But like when it first came out, like I was like, I want to savor this. And then my, my wanting of savoring it just meant I didn't get to it. So it's this weird, like delayed gratification thing sometimes where it's like, I know it's going to be good. And then I forget about it, you know? So I get that. And I stopped talking yeah. again to confuse you. <laughs> my I'm trying to hide secret uh, burps. That's what's really going on. So like, <laughs> Whether I have a point or not, if I stop, it's like he's going to secretly burp right now. So that's what's going on. <laughs> it's uh, timing is off this evening, folks. There have been two times when Paul has just stopped talking, and I'm like, uh, uh, oh, um, now I talk. Uh, so until until you yeah. have to secretly burp, and then I'll wait, and then I'll join back in. It's fine. <laughs> uh, what's interesting to me, though, is is that uh, you know you mentioned uh, you know what we do in the shadows and and trying to enjoy, savor it and enjoy it. Uh, that's kind of what I did with The Good Place. And that's, there was a show, what, what was it that I tried to do that with? And then I just, there was something that I was like, oh, we're going to watch like one a week. And Oh, well, I, I told you my theory for Mythic Quest and yeah. uh, Ted Lasso. And I'm like, okay, they released two the first week. So we're just going to not watch the second one. That way we have an extra episode. And that didn't work out in Ted Lasso's case because I can't apparently read the screen. But, uh, yeah, I, I, there is something about having that weekly format too, because like I feel like um, there are shows that we've blown through, and we've talked about this because we, we, and again, we were the pioneers, we were the champions, we were the ones who said, "Watch Cobra Kai, people." We were there at the start. 
It's all us. That, that's the one hill we're going to die on. Yeah. <laughs> we were there even, first. Yeah. Even, even the, the the most recent season, like it came out on like I think the third of 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 January. Maybe it was even like the first of January. Whatever it was, whatever day it launched, is like all right. I got a week to watch this for the show. I'm going to sit down and. Enjoy, and I blew through it in the day. Yeah. So like it's, it's there tough, is something right? yeah. to be said for staggering your your watches because I'm like, well, I got to wait now until I think I think it comes back again in January or maybe it's December. But yeah, I mean, I, so with that, though, it's like there's um, with how do how do I approach this? So like with the other show that I do um, with my other podcast husband, uh, The Strange Highways, where we've been watching the Twilight Zone and sequence the original series. Um, like that, it was kind of baked into the, the, the format of like, we're going to talk about an episode a week. So that purposely has made us like have to have a moment to digest. And I think that gives me an overall longer impression of a, you know, of a show, right. As opposed to, I watched it all one day and that was fun. So, um, there, there's, you know, there's positives and negatives, right? So anyway, what we're saying is Peacock has a lot of cool stuff. Instead of watching The Office over and over again, which you're more welcome to, I highly recommend Parks and Rec. And The Good Place, which is one that my wife and I held off watching the second half of season four because I knew I was going to cry my eyes out because I knew it was going to be like a really well done ending. And I'm like, I want to enjoy this and laugh, but I also don't feel like crying today. So we held off and then eventually we got to it and it was delightful. Yeah, yeah, I and I don't I I certainly don't because I think I, I watched it and I was like that was actually one my wife uh, before the fourth season had debuted my wife had watched all of it she's like you should really watch this so I'm like all right so like I shotgunned the first three seasons I'm like this show's amazing and then we got to the last season so it was like I watched it in real time but and I think at that time I was like why aren't you watching this Paul Paul why aren't you watching this yeah so I just I but, was trying to keep it in the basement and let it like let it age a little bit you know so. That's what happened. So anyway, yeah, yeah no, Peacock. And welcome yes. people to Tangents, the podcast. Yeah, that's what we do here. I don't know if you guys know, it's a secret burps and tangents. <laughs> we, that's what we should rename. Oh, there was, that was not such, such a secret burp. That's what we should rename the show to is uh, Secret Burps and Tangents. There you go. I like it. it it's a truthful yeah. name. Yeah. So uh, before we get to um, we get to our, our news and our weekend, I also want to mention, aside from the Halloween Kills discussion, so it is going to be spoiler happy, so I guess I'm going to throw one of these on here now. Where's the button? The button. Here it is. Do you know why they are called spoilers? I'll throw one up right after the feature presentations. People know, like, hey, you know, if you've not seen it, like, I don't want to ruin it for you. So there you go. So the, that's aware of that. Then we also have a game here where uh, Steve's going to ask me if these reviews are from uh, The Last Jedi or Halloween Kills, um, and it will make more sense when we get there, but I cannot wait because I feel like this is going to be a very um, Steve-centric episode, a very special episode of Secret Burps and Tangents. That's uh, This is where I talk about where the, the guy at the bicycle shop tried to take photos of me, right? While, while you were secretly enjoying The Last Jedi. <laughs> yes. So, all right. So before we, uh, so there's that. So now weekend stuff, what is, what is anything you got into over the weekend? Okay. Without discussing the film, I just want to talk about That's my true. movie going yes. experience for Halloween kills. So, uh, what, what was interesting to me was, is, uh, we, we went to a theater in Sandusky, which is now closer to where I'm going to be living. And I haven't been in that theater, I think, but twice. Uh, I think we went to an Avengers screening there back in like, well, whenever Avengers came out, which was 2012, 
Uh, and then I, I feel like we maybe took my wife's parents to see The Force Awakens. So we've probably only seen two other movies there in the time that uh, that theater's been open. With that in mind, uh, they've now gone to the, you know, uh, you, you can purchase your tickets online, you can choose your seating, all that good stuff. So trying to be conscious of, you know, COVID, even though I've, you know, had my two vaccination shots, I'm like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm not real keen on having, you know, people next to me. And, and I think that's, I think that's Kathy, a safe which, play in general, regardless yeah. of vaccinations <laughs> or not. So I agree with that. Well, to her, to her, uh, um, to, to Kathy's, uh, I, I, I don't know where I was trying to go with that. Kathy in her, uh, smartness smartness is that even a word infinite wisdom how about that infinite wisdom thank you this is how bad the show is going (laughs) i cannot think of i'm like smartness okay no Uh, here 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 here. we'll reset it here real quick here here this this is for you this is for you it wasn't especially large but it felt hard extremely hard there we go so are you good now it's got never gonna get old no it's never gonna get old anyway uh, so yes, to my wife's credit in her infinite wisdom, she's like, you know what? It's $10 to buy a seat in between us and whoever's going to be sitting next to us. You, would you feel better doing that? And I was like, yeah, actually I would. So she's like, fine. It's $10 well spent. If it, if it makes you, you know, feel a little bit more comfortable, comfortable enjoying the movie. I'm like, okay. So we get there and like, I, I've discussed this before. Popcorn and pop is part of the experience for me. So like, I need those things when I go to the theater because it feels it feels like it's making it even more special because that's how I associate love is with food. Uh, that's half a joke, people. That said, <laughs> uh, we get our popcorn, we get our pop, we sitting down, and there's a couple that's, you know, that one seat away from us. And at first, they're openly discussing the movie, and I'm just like, oh, my God, please. I can't just tell you to shut up because they also – we were in a row that was – and I, I don't know what their mental state was, but like it, it, it was a row that was designated for like people who might need a walker or something. And I'm not yeah, associating yeah. No, those You're, you're things, talking it's one of those rows where they have additional gaps between the seats because there's also the accommodations for people that might have uh, like, um, you know, and, and, and handicaps, right? Is what you're right. saying. Yeah. Okay. And I don't know that I'm, I'm, I can't say that these two things intersected. They may just need a walker. And just be idiots. It, it's a possible, you know, I don't think there was another issue going on, but they're having a very loud conversation about the things that are happening on the screen and, you know, what year it is and uh, not what year it, it is <laughs> like, in reality. This, but, what's going on with this? Is it 2021? <laughs> Who's like, is Jimmy Carter still president? I don't understand anymore. You know, like, you know, they're like, you know, oh, this is a flashback. And they're like, yes, everybody knows this is a flashback. It's very <laughs> obvious. I just want to believe that, like, they don't know what year it is now, where it's like, wait, <laughs> wait, do people still listen to that Motown? What, what's, I don't understand. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. But 10 minutes in, they finally quieted down. So I'm like, okay, at least they're not having an open discussion about events happening. Because, you know, it's one thing to be watching a movie with a commentary where people are talking about the movie. It's another thing. And those are the people who make the film or that are film critics or even uh, are, you know, paid professionals who are funny, like a riff tracks or Mr. Science theater. That's a different ball of wax. If you're just at the theater and you're like, I think this is, yeah, he's, I think he fell off the balcony. Yeah. Yeah. He, yep. This is when he fell off the balcony. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Okay. Oh, so he's on the street now. Like that? All that? Not great. Because uh, we're all watching the movie too. We don't need you narrating. Um, what if the person beside I, them had dark sunglasses blonde. and a cane? What if that, like, what if that, like, you just you ruined the experience because this person clearly can't see the movie, and this other person's helping them see the movie? Like, how right? How bad do you feel about that? I do feel bad. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I immediately went to the fact of like, oh, I shouldn't make assumptions. Maybe there's something, you know, mentally wrong with them. Or something along those lines, but well, no, because I also know that there's assisted like headsets for some of that stuff too, with additional commentary for people that are um, like hard hard of hearing um, or they have sight impediments. Like you can ask for that stuff too. So that's so the joke I'm making is that if someone already was aware of that, then there's ways to accommodate and they should take advantage of that. But like, it would almost it'd be like the thing of like taking the CNI dog and being like, what do you see boy? Tell me, you know, like, <laughs> right. I don't, I don't just, mean to just, just bark at the bad man on the screen. Is he there? I'm, I'm rooting your story, Steve. I'm sorry. Continue. No, it, it's fine. It's just that I don't want to cast aspersions uh, on, you know, anybody who is handicapped, whether it be oh, mentally or yeah. physically. Fair enough. I didn't want to jump to an assumption, but I thought, because I saw that, like, oh, they have walkers in front of them. Maybe they are mentally handicapped. I'm going to, I'm not going to be an asshole and be like, shut up. So <laughs> they died down about ten minutes in. <laughs> okay. Because I, I won't really, unless it's like a punk hit or something like that. I'm not going to say anything. If I, if I genuinely feel like maybe there's somebody who, you know, has a special need That's or fair. something along those lines. I won't say anything. So, and I, since I couldn't tell and I wasn't sure, I was like, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. That said, I'm sitting there eating my popcorn and I'm enjoying it. And, you know, uh, uh, about 15 minutes comes the first, like, worst cough I've ever heard in my life. It's, <laughs> I know it's six feet, but I'm like, I don't know if there's six feet between me and this chair separating me, this person. And it's like, it's like, blah! <laughs> And I'm like, oh, my God. The funny thing is, is that my wife afterwards, I was telling her that she's like, oh, I didn't hear that. And I'm like, are you deaf? Like, I Because <laughs> if so, they have accommodations me. for you at the front of the theater that you could take advantage of. I'm just kidding. Yeah. It's just I'm like, oh, my God. So I like stopped like eating my popcorn and just pulled my mask up. I'm like, I'm just going to sit here quietly. And then I kid you not. It was like every time I would pull it down to try and either take a drink or maybe eat a little more popcorn, the coughing would like kick in again. And I'm like, this is what I get. Was it like the tar man from like Return of the Living Dead that was just sitting <laughs> down in front, like you know, in front of you, just uh, making goopy noises? Is that what was going on? Yeah, I guess. And. You know, again, I'm vaccinated and I know that, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm I'm not going to get it, but it does, you know, help with uh, you surviving. Yeah, that doesn't mean you still want to get COVID. I agree. But I still don't want to get it. Yes. Yeah. So it was just that thing that popped in my head where I was just like, ah, you know, Maybe they're vaccinated. Maybe it's just a cough, you know, but it's, it's in the back of my head now. And I don't want to, I don't want to say anything, but I also am being slightly distracted. So you and I are both, we're both going to die due to our own inability to like to have conflict resolution. You know, (laughs) we're going to, we're both, we're we're both going to be politely like being like, no, no, it's perfectly okay. And then it's like, uh, like, Paul, there's zombies chewing on you. It's like, yeah, I don't know if they're really zombies though. And also it's like, 
I, you know, I don't really want to tell somebody because I don't want to make, I don't want to upset anything. Oh, it's, okay. I guess I'm dying now. Don't just leave me over here in the corner. I just, I'll, I'll be fine. You know, like, <laughs> I'm sorry for making a mess. That's what, like, you know. So yeah, those are the two things that stood out to me during uh, my viewing of Halloween Kills. That would have, uh, and that would have enraged that me not at this point. Related. Yeah. And, uh, I, I guess at this point, I don't know exactly what the gestation period is, but I think I'm okay at this point. So I think well, it's three okay. days, but well, I, well here's I'd hoping, have... you know, um, if not, uh, Steve, it's been, it's been a pleasure and an honor working with you. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, like, that's some gallows humor. I apologize for that. Um, but. yeah, I mean the previous weekend you were out licking wrestlers and hugging Eric Roberts and you're fine. So, you know, <laughs> I feel like I now have another, like, this is not scientifically accurate at all. I feel like I have a different level of immunity now, like because of that. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, no, I was, I took some risks and I was a, a jackass and, uh, thankfully my wife and I, nothing happened. Right. But there's, yes. uh, there's always, there's always the potential when you go out in public. Right. So I, I, you know, and I don't know why going to a sweaty wrestler barn, uh, didn't bother me the same way as a movie theater, but also sweaty wrestler barn, people can make noise. And it doesn't bother me because the sweaty wrestler barn. You know what I mean? Like it's just, well, there's also yeah. not active. Okay. So there yeah. probably is active dialogue happening on the mat, but you're not as invested in it as in what is the physical say? storytelling? Yeah, no, that, yes. you're right. So I like you go there to hoot and holler and yell and be an idiot and have a good time. So I'm per- like, that's the right behavior there. If that same behavior was the movie theater, I'd be mad, you know? So there was also a fair amount of coughing going on at the wrestling place too. So that was very <laughs> upsetting. So <laughs> um, well, yeah. we're, we're definitely a place now where I just, I hear a cough and my first thought is like, get away from me. Yes. Like <laughs> where it, previously, you know, it was like, oh, it's mildly annoying. Now it's just like, just oh no. Away. Like anytime I go to the grocery store and any like, you know, here, anytime here, I'm like, nope. But I just like, just take my cart and just like end up at a different <laughs> store somehow. I don't even know how it happens. It's like a fugue state. I'm like, oh, I'm in a different giant eagle. This is weird. Um, yeah. So yes, that was my my experience at Halloween Kills. The following day, um, I uh, participated in a That's scavenger right, yes. hunt. No, I'm sorry? I, I saw your photos of this. I was going to ask you about the scavenger hunt because the photo you posted on your social media was amazing. I loved that photo of you and the whatever <laughs> that, the porpoise or whatever it is. Um, well, it's a it's a walleye. Okay, but. Uh, my- my wife's friend had organized a scavenger hunt for charity to raise money for domestic violence. And uh, basically, the scavenger hunt, there were clues you had to find, and then you'd go to checkpoints, and you get the next clue. And there was also, like, trivia about facts about domestic violence so that you learn a little bit as you're going along, and then money raised also goes to the charity. Um, it was all for a good cause, and it was all in good fun. But it was in downtown Port Clinton. I don't know if you know much about downtown Port Clinton, but every year they celebrate with the walleye. Like the walleye is their thing for New Year's Eve, like as opposed to uh, the big apple dropping. It's the walleye. Okay. And they have this gigantic walleye that is uh, mounted on like a trailer uh, that you can take photos with. And I took photos of it and made the joke that I was on the set of Foam 3 just to see who would get the joke. Cause then I also, I even like, I pushed it a little bit cause I said it was going to be directed by Savage Stephen Holland to see who mm-hmm. might actually get it. Um, but yeah, it was this big, you know, walleye with giant teeth and ugly eyes. And I mean, not that the walleye is a beautiful creature. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess people look at something like, uh, a tropical fish and they see beauty. Most of the time I just see fish sticks. 
but <laughs> nobody's going to look. Nobody's yeah. going to look at a walleye and be like, "What a beautiful, majestic creature!" Yeah. Uh, it's it, pretty ugly. Can it be um, breaded so like this one? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> can we bread this thing? That's yeah. my question. Uh, so yes, I took some photos with that, which was fun. Um, and you know, I I don't know why I feel like the walleye has probably been around for at least twenty years, and that was my first time like up close exposure to it. Um, but uh, we did that, and then. Uh, we tried pizza in Port Clinton that I had not had before, but my wife had that was called Sloopy's. Uh, quite good. I, I'm, I'm glad to say that uh, um, there are at least two pizza joints in Cleveland that are not, I'm sorry, in Cleveland, in Port Clinton that are not like your Domino's, your Marco's, et cetera. They're mom and pops that have really good pizza. Okay, good. And, uh, I, I, I know that that shouldn't be something that's important to me about the area that I'm moving to, but I'm like, well, at least I know I can get decent pizza. Here. No, that, so. that, that is important. Like um, when we yeah. moved to our house where we live now, um, there is a Nunzio's uh, on the corner of where we're at. And I know Nunzio's is not necessarily considered like, you know, like upper tier pizza, but they're open to four in the morning. Uh, and you can get like, you know, I don't know. You're like, what's a good idea at two in the morning pizza. Can you please deliver it to me? Like it's like it. Yes. And it's good. And it's like, it's better than like your, um, your chain, you know, pizzas. So in terms of like availability, I'm just coming to my house. So yes, it's always good to kind of have a uh, good pizza nearby. So my question to you though is, is uh, because we can't have a discussion. We can't have an episode where we don't not talk about food. What is your, like of the chains, what is your preference? What is the one that you're <laughs> like? Oh, it depends upon my mood. I have Steve, I have a portfolio of pizza likes. Um, <laughs> um if, if, okay. So, it, um, I think that it's more, it's, I don't know if it's a local chain cause they're spread out a couple States, but jets I think is like the overall best, like that's wonderful delivery pizza. However, that's not like big corporate corporate chain. Like when you talk about like your pizza huts or your dominoes, right. But jets is still pretty big. Um, but if it comes down to it, um, th- um, what was it? Papa John's actually does a Tuscan three cheese pizza. That is just, I don't know what it is that. And here, here's, here's the weird take people are going to judge me on. Get that. in one of those honey mustard dipping cups. It's amazing. I, I just love it. What's interesting to me about Papa John's is, uh, well, one, I'm, I'm usually not in close proximity to it. I guess I could get it delivered here in Elyria, but, um, uh, Marco's is the one that's closest to us. And that probably is my preferred of the big chains. Yeah, it's, uh, I, Marcos. I like Marcos as well. Yes. Um, yeah. but my whenever I think of of Papa John's and this is unfortunate, I always feel like I'm overpaying for it because uh, in college there was a Papa John's that opened up. I think either my freshman year or my sophomore year. And what they would do is, is they would just make a ton of pizzas <laughs> and they would send people to dorms and they'd just be like, tell five dollars, five dollars a large pizza, right? Yeah, yeah. So like we would just. You know, it was it was probably every weekend, and I I do think Papa John's has good sauce, and I I like the pizza, but now if I get it, and I'm like, I don't know, it's not five dollars. No, they ninety nine. It's not five dollars. When I was working at Cedar Point, they would come they would come one point to the employee housing and just have these big uh, like the big warmer boxes or whatever the big the big heater thing that the carrier cases, and just stand outside with whatever the pizza was and be like five bucks. And like, you know, people like you just, of course, these are like kids are like 19, 20 years old that don't understand like life. And they're like pizza. And they just all run out 
And it's like, it's almost like their parents showed up to give them food, but they're like $5, $5, you know? So yes, I can relate to that. It's, you know, I'm imagining this being like a large trap. Like there's some sort of team outside that's yes, just waiting pretty to much. capture them. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's also, that's how, the, that's how the film Red State started, right? It was a bunch of teens <laughs> going to go get uh, $5 pizzas from Papa John's. No, like, so yeah, I, I can relate to that where you're like, hey, yeah, maybe I'm overpaying for it, but I don't know. Like that, that's really, really good. Um, like Little Caesars, if you catch it within like the first five minutes of coming out of the oven, I know it's garbage pizza, but you're paying $5 for it. And it's the moment it becomes cold and like, solid it's not great but when it's, when it's i can still yeah. deal with it though yeah. it's not like i'm gonna throw it away and oh, I'm like no. i mean if you're already you making know? a decision to buy little caesars then you've already made bad decisions that day so you know speaking to my old madness uh <laughs> when i hear little caesars when i was growing up the ad for little caesars do you do you remember this it was just pizza pizza, pizza do you pizza. remember that yeah, yes okay and do you know why that was um no enlighten me please because their whole gimmick was buy one pizza, get one free. So like oh. anytime you ordered a pizza, it came out on like a longer um, uh, instead of it being like a, a uh, regular cardboard box. It had a spot for two pizzas. So it was like you order one pizza, you get one free. Oh. And well, now I feel cheated like paying five dollars for that because I want a second pizza now. <laughs> Well, for the life of me as a kid, like uh, that, well, okay, so I shouldn't say for the life of me as a kid, but as a kid, that was what I associated with, with, uh, Little Caesars. However, there was a summer where, uh, I spent every dime that I got on crazy bread. I don't know what it was. I love crazy bread. <laughs> no, I like thought the way else. you phrased that was almost like it was an investment opportunity where it's just like, <laughs> you know, guys, you know, I know you guys do your whole Bitcoin and your NFTs now, but you know where the money was. There was that one summer. It was nothing but crazy bread. It I was mean, like, honestly, if I could have invested in little seeds, that would have been a good investment for me. Yeah, but It's like, it was uh, the gold rush, but it was crispy dough. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Anyway, so there, there's it, dough it in the hills. Up, Continue. And it was uh, <laughs> by bicycle. It was five minutes away from my house. So I think I had a paper route that year. So I, I, I and again, this is 1980s prices, folks. So it's probably like 86, 87. Uh, they would, you know, give you uh, eight pieces of crazy bread and uh, the sauce for like a dollar ten or something ridiculous. It was. It was some small amount that I'm like, I can't believe that I bought food for this at this time. <laughs> food. <laughs> yes. And back in the back in my high school days, uh, tacos at Taco Bell were like 39 cents. That's like, true. You literally yes. get like 10 tacos for like $3.90. But I digress. This is the old man portion. However, <laughs> I'm very aware that there are things that are called like inflation. And I'm aware, well aware that these things do not still exist. So I'm not complaining that like, oh, back in my day, I just mean it's the first thing that pops into my brain. But there was a summer, I kid you not, that I probably rode my bike to Little Caesars every day and got crazy bread. And I'm surprised that no one in my family stopped me. <laughs> I just want I want a standby me like type flashback. But like not like I understand this is the 80s, but like can we just do like the 80s via the 50s, like back to the future where it's just you on your bike with like a baseball card and the spokes going to your local little Caesars to get crazy bread. I want that flashback. 
Oh, like, you, you, I definitely could write that, you know, with like Mr. Could, Sandman I, playing, I, you know, like something. <laughs> like something. I could write a much less interesting Stranger Things, which is just about me and the things that I did in the eighties. Because uh, right next to it was Lawson's, and we won't go there, but Lawson's was a convenience store, uh, and I used to go in there and just spend ungodly amounts of money on candy. <laughs> well, you so. know, these are the things that shape us. <laughs> Like, you yes. know, spiritually and physically. <laughs> oh, they yeah. shaped me all right, just yeah. not in the shape I should have been in. Oh, I, if I would have had access to crazy bread every day, I, yeah, they would have buried me in a piano case by now. That's, uh, you know, um, <laughs> it, it's just uh, like, because growing up, we had uh, where I grew up, we had uh, McDonald's, a KFC. Oh, and that was it for local. St- like when the subway opened, it was like, everyone's like, what? What's this fancy? What fancy stuff? Fresh bread? Get on out of here. You know, whatever. And it was like. <laughs> Um, and then get on here, get on, get on now. You get like what? Asiago. I don't like those words. Get out of here. You know, that sounds like some foreigner stuff, you know, anyway. So they would, uh, so that was a, like a big deal. And then later on when the Walmart came to town, we got a Burger King. This was after I had like left town. So it's like, Oh, we got competing burger places now. Like what is going on? Like it was, you know, like, so I didn't have access to, uh, your, your fancy crazy breads, you know? you were living, living the rich life there. So I didn't have access to that. <laughs> I don't know that I was living the rich life. Uh, you know, this is after say my dad passes away and my mom's a single mother taking care of us. So well, fine, it may have fine, actually been fine. closer to 85. No, but, so, yeah. Make me feel bad now. Thanks. No, I, I spent all of my money that I made on the newspaper route. Uh, odd, crazy bread. Okay. So, all right. So, Okay, so the, so your weekend was um, Halloween kills and some coughing, mm-hmm. some good local pizza, and then no crazy bread is what you're saying. Yes, that is correct. Okay, yes. so anything else happened, or was that it? Because we've uh, whack we've waxed nostalgic about pizzas of our past. <laughs> that could also be our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have anything else okay. from my weekend. Unfortunately, okay. uh, like all, I, yeah. So the big thing for uh, for us is that we um, we went to the Cleveland APL and we adopted a kitten. Uh, so that was a big deal because I mean, obviously, we're bringing another animal into the house. Um, we you went, should have totally gone first. I like how you're like we went to the APL and we adopted. A no, kitten. no, 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 and no, we, no. And I'm like. Let's talk about pizza for 20 minutes. Well, whatever. We I mean, you know, no. so Let's I should also say that on Friday night, though, I made it a point, uh, and we'll get to this more into the future presentation, that I um, sat down and watched um, the the recent Halloween film and then uh, then watched Halloween Kills because I had not seen the the first one since I saw it in the theater. So I wanted okay. to kind of refresh my brain. So I think I'm going to approach that conversation with you from a little different standpoint because of how the continuity carries forward from one to the other, but we'll get there. So that was my Friday night was that. And then, um, and then Saturday, yeah, we went to go get a kitten. Uh, and we had, we had all the intent in the world. Cause we called our shot. That was supposedly there are a couple places that were going to hold an orange cat for us just because, you know, I don't know. I, I think, I think, or I just, we have an all black cat and we have, uh, you know, a tortie and it's like, I just feel like I think the space in between them is an orange cat. I don't, I don't know why. Like, it's like, I don't know, like whatever. Anyway, this is, if you're going to complete the set, get an orange cat. Well, we went to the APL and the orange cats that they had originally that were listed were all gone. And there was one little, little tiny one that was so cute, uh, but it was on hold. And so we couldn't get that one, but then we're walking around and I just got to tell you, like, I guess I was frustrated with this, not because the APL, they were amazing. It's just the people in there, like, you're you're browsing animals to make a decision to bring something into your household. Like, can you just like, 
take it a little bit more seriously than just be a bunch of idiots walking around, like judging all these animals. They don't know, you know, like, um, there was this one family that was nearby us that they looked at this one cat and they called it a pterodactyl because it was polydactyl. It had thumbs and it's like, okay, great. That's a joke. Don't keep saying it. It's stupid. You're stupid. You're stupid. Right. Um, and then, so I was trying to navigate around this because it's like, these are all these animals just looking at you. Like, I don't want to be in this box. Can you take me? And I'm like, well, I can't take all of you. So now it's like, now it's like the hunger games. Like you have to perform for me, you know? Um, but it's like, it was just kind of awkward with everybody kind of running around, grabbing animals, looking at them. So, um, we, we ended up looking at the polydactyl cat, this little, little black and white guy, uh, and with his brother in the same cage. And I felt bad cause they were all snuggly with each other. But like the thing we wanted, um, with our, with this cat is that our black cat who was almost two years old, he, he needs a playmate because he kind of, um, chases the other, other cat that we have. That's like four years old. She wants to play sometimes, but not the way he wants to play. So we wanted to find something to kind of give him a run for his money. So we wanted a cat that was a little bit more outgoing. So this little guy with the thumbs just was immediately like wanting to hang out, wanting to purr and just wanting to climb and everything. So we, 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 we grabbed him cause he was such a little sweetheart. So we brought him home. Um, and it's just hilarious to see this little tiny cat with like, you know, these, these extra claws, like thumb. He looks like his little mittens. He walks around. It's, it's adorable, but yeah, we got a kitten. Um, I convinced my wife named Sabata cause I'm an idiot and I love uh, spaghetti Westerns. So why not? So we have a kitten now and he is a holy terror cause that's what kittens do. Yeah. I mean, there really is. I mean, actually all cats, there's really no rhyme or reason sometimes to the decisions they make. Like you'll be just sitting in the middle of the room and you'll be like watching TV. And then for whatever reason, the cat just decides I need to be in the other room as fast as possible yeah. right now. <laughs> you're like, wait, what just happened? Um, I'm not sure what happened here. Um, and since we don't but, have carpets uh, on our floors, we have like this press laminate. Anytime they want to haul ass, it's like they spin out and it's hilarious. Cause it's like, they try to catch, they, they try to catch like, uh, you know, like whatever it is, they just, they have to take a second to get going because if they're going to run real fast, they're going to stay in place. Cause they can't get traction. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. <laughs> but, uh, what's, what's, funny to me about that is is that like that never really goes away but when they're kittens it's especially like everything is new and interesting so you get a little bit more of that uh and sometimes yes it's it's adorable uh when it's three in the morning not so much no but i wanted to mention this uh before covid this was god i don't know what year it is anymore we're 2021 covid starts march 2020 so it would have been 2019 uh, i went on vacation with my wife last vacation that we got to go on we went with her friends to um the keys in florida basically and uh the uh hemingway house is there have you ever heard about the hemingway house and the ernest hemingway uh famous novelist well i know yeah i'm aware of hemingway yes Okay. Well, no, I didn't mean it like, have you ever heard of this writer? I, mean, I just I, meant like, have you heard of a house? I mean, that, no, but I mean, I've, I've read some of his okay. work cause I'm not, I'm not a complete, um, uncultured savage, you know? So anyway, so it's basically his house is, is essentially a, uh, sanctuary for polydactyl cats. Just specifically uh, polydactyl. Well, I mean, there may be cats there that aren't, but most of the cats in the area are. Oh, okay. Uh, well, that's just reason. neat. Just, so, okay. Um, when you go there, you can tour Hemingway's house, but like, it's very clear to them that they own the house because <laughs> they're, 
throughout the entire house and they're just hanging out and like they're kind of bored with you most of the time like you know how when you see a cat you're like oh look at the little kitty and the kitty will like you know brush up against you these cats were pretty much like you're my house bitch yeah how many people do we see a day i don't care yeah how many people do we see you're nothing special just keep moving but uh you know they are cute and uh it, it's just interesting to me. I don't know um, off the top of my head what the specifics were, um, but I know that he, he took care of these cats when he was alive, and it's always been this thing where the Hemingway house you know, gives sanctuary to, to these cats. And uh, um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to see them because, you know, like you said, like they have the extra thumbs, and, but their paws just look giant, like almost like baseball mitts. It's, yeah. it's so weird because it's like, you know, you you look at your cat's paws and, you know, they look like they should fit on their legs. These look like, you know, like, oh, well, um, I guess you're uh, wearing baseball gloves this entire time. So uh, but I would, I would recommend yeah. if you guys do go down to um, Florida and you're just partying or whatever and you're looking for something fun to do that isn't drinking. Um, it's a it's an oh, interesting. I, tour I need to drink with cats with thumbs. I don't understand like that. You know that sound. <laughs> well, the other thing that was interesting was is that like he had like a window that was in his bathroom that like if you sat down on the toilet you could open the window. He would yell at people from the toilet, which I just think is hilarious. <laughs> it was like on the top floor, the window would open, and he would just yell at people as they were walking by or doing I, whatever. I respect that so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm like, I need this in my house. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I know that there's a, a cat sanctuary in Ottawa. Uh, Canada, it's like, like, it's actually like government funded and it's like a big cat sanctuary that it's like, I, I think it'd be great to go see that just to go like, Oh, it's, this is, uh, this is this big, important thing funded by the government. It's just a bunch of cats, you know? So, um, but yeah, we got, <laughs> we, we have, we have a really tiny cat right now. He is, um, Oh, he's they, adorable. Oh, he's just so tiny. Like he fits like in my hand and he, like he, he has, um, he's constantly purring and constantly like. I don't know. He's just, he's just the sweetest little boy. And, um, yeah, he's just ridiculous. Um, and I know that's, we're going to, he, he's, he's been wanting to get out. Let's just put it that way. He's only been here for two days and anytime the door opens, he wants out. And I'm like, that's not going to happen right now because he's so tiny. He can fit everywhere, (laughs) you know? So it's like, (laughs) you know, um, but he's starting to learn his name. So, but yeah, uh, so eventually I'll be able to 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 have the sentence of like Sabata, leave Nero alone, and that'll make me very happy, you know. Because uh, so does does uh, does he have a nickname yet? I don't know. Like um, I um, Mary wants to call him Sab. I'm like I don't like that as a name. I don't like that as a nickname. Uh, <laughs> like um, I think Bada is okay. I think that's perfectly okay. I wanted to name the, the cat Lee Van Cleef, but she wouldn't let me do that. Uh, cause I want to be like, leave Van Cleef, you leave Nero alone. Cause I wanted to have the whole actors of spaghetti Westerns, but I can't have everything. It is, it is a little long. It doesn't flow off the tongue. tongue really <laughs> I well. know. <laughs> but yeah, so, but yeah, we have Sabata and he's a cutie and that was my, our big, big, our big thing for the weekend. And also here actually, um, while I'm, we're, we're getting to, before we get to news here, uh, 50 minutes later, I'm going to actively text you a photo and I want you to tell me what you see. This because I don't think you've understood my uh, struggle um, being a homeowner. So I'm going to text that to you right now, and then you tell me what you see. All right, I'm I'm eagerly awaiting this photo to come through. So hmm, <laughs> hasn't come through yet. 
Okay. Waiting. I'm waiting. This is in real time, people. This is very fascinating. I understand waiting for one person to get a text. It is odd that I haven't gotten it yet. Usually, oh, wait. It's telling me that I just got a text. <laughs> We've been trying to reach you about your extended car warranty. No. Um. <laughs> I am now opening said photo. Oh my God, Paul. Why are there so many dead hookers in this photo? <laughs> I'm assuming they're hookers, but yeah, it's like, oh, I've never seen me so many dead hookers before. <laughs> Lord knows I have. Yeah, that's exactly uh, so what the, the photo the is. Apple, yes. the, the Apple problem is still happening. Oh my goodness! Yes. So uh, the photo that Paul has sent me is literally like it's the it's the trunk of a tree in the ground, a grassy area, and then just nothing but apples. It's, <laughs> It's like I'm gonna ballpark it here and say that there's easily 200 apples on. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> like you're not wrong. So that's what I did. Um, I actually uh, took care of this last night, so on Monday. So I guess it's not technically the weekend. I uh, had to go <laughs> had to go out there and pick them all up because you know were any of them good at this point? I don't like, care. I, I'm so mad at them. I don't care anymore. I'm not. What? I'm not like. I like no, like I I you know because the problem is you go to use a, like a lawn bag right like a leaf bag you can only fill that thing up like a third of the way without being able to like not like I'm I guess I'm a weak individual I can't lift it up you know so I'm having to stop and like like um move these leaf bags like uh, like like I'm moving them to my front porch like I move them out like tomorrow for garbage day, um but yeah that was um that was fun not really oh my god I'm just picturing you out there. And I, we've talked about this before, but, you know, um, trying to find a better way to get rid of them. And you just like out there with like a napkin on and just eating apples and throwing the cores at people. Uh, that's yeah. that's how I from like my toilet it. from my, um, you know, opening a window, just chucking <laughs> cores at people. No, I just like, I, just, like I, I, I don't know. I will never complain about leaves again. Yeah. Having to blow leaves with a, a I wanted you forward. to understand. And, and, and like, I know you haven't done this recently, but if you, if you share, um, like, like one of the, the, from the slasher page of like the four square picture that you make, if you can include that, so people would see like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, um, that's happening. And oh, thankfully, thankfully, thankfully with, with the seasons changing, I now think there's less apples on the tree than there were on the ground. So this should not be as bad as it was, but it's like, um, I don't know about you, but is there like, a, like, uh, it's almost like, um, like dishes in the sink of like, okay, one or two fine. But you turn around and you're like, where did these come from? Every time I go yeah. out, I'm like, why are there more apples in the ground? So yeah. So I spent about an hour, um, <laughs> moving apples off the ground. Cause you know, if they just sit there, they're going to rot and that's gonna be a problem. There were so many like, um, like bees inside them, but it was like 60 degrees outside. So they oh, were so, no. they were so slow moving that I was able to be like, I don't care. And just like, I just like, so I'm sure there's bees in those bags <laughs> that I have on the front porch. Um, <laughs> Whatever. They're just picturing simply opening a bag and they're like, what's in this? Oh, it's apples. Oh my God, and bees. And bees. It's like Nick Cage from uh, The Wicker Man. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Not the bees. Not the bees. Um, yeah, so I, I will just let you know that um, while I was back there, you know, having one of my better moments in my life, just picking up apples, I made it a point. Um, I, the, I was I was binging my listening of uh, El Goro's Talk Without Rhythms 31 Days of Halloween. Because I think, well, at least if I'm going to do something I don't like, I'm going to do something I do like. So he got me through a number of apple pickings. Let's just put it that way. Sorry, not pickings, picking ups <laughs> and putting aways. So there we go. That was my weekend. 
<laughs> I just I didn't I don't know how long Apple stays in season four as well. Apple Apple stay in season four. So I'm I'm kind of surprised. I thought you'd be done at this point. I thought that <laughs> like I thought I would be too. <laughs> <laughs> and you said you didn't have this problem last year right i don't remember it like and le- like like i really don't think we i don't think we did like because i that's why i thought that the treat was like a crab apple tree and it didn't fruit but then this year it was bountiful and we didn't find out till too late and now it's become like this eco terror you know of like oh god all of the apples right and then like my wife is excited about this now and it's like i think that in terms of the apples that we brought into the house and the apples that a couple of our friends have taken is probably like maybe a couple dozen, like maybe mm. four dozen versus everything else. I don't think that's a good ratio of what is an appropriate apple versus whatever's going on in my backyard. So, so what you're telling me is, is that, uh, it is def the fruit is not worth the squeeze. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, like maybe next year, if this thing happens again, we'll keep a better eye and maybe start picking them before, like, you know, before it becomes too late. You know what I mean? When do something with them. But this has been like, it's been so annoying. <laughs> um, so, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I, I'm looking at that photo and I still can't believe how many are. Like, if you told me that was all that it, it made in the entire year, I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. But you're, you've had two other stories about <laughs> going out and picking up apples. Yeah. Of going out there and picking apples yeah, up. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, it isn't like we have, we have three trees. Um, the one is way bigger than the other two, but they all three fruit and it isn't like we have a grove. It isn't like I'm like, you know, like sitting on my back porch with like a mint julep being like, Oh, good apple harvest this year. I do declare, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, picking's going to be good. You know, it isn't like, you know, <laughs> sounds like a John Oliver bit for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> so it's just, you know, that's why everyone, like everyone's like, Oh, that's really great. I'm like, is it, did you want to come? Like, <laughs> like throw them away with me. That'd be pretty fun. So, um, so See, yeah, that's, that's my, my deep, dark hope is that like <clears throat> not a lot of leaves have come down yet here. And I'm like, please let me get out of this place that having to do it. Like any of the, the, cause I've had to mow a couple times. I actually mowed the lawn yesterday at the, the house in Elyria. I'm like, please don't let the leaves come down until like November 6th when yeah. the house is officially like more out of it and gone. <laughs> um, so like I'm on your way out, like, like on your way out, you you stop your car and go over and just kick one of the trees. Like on your way out, and be like, <laughs> "Your problem now, sons of bitches. I'm out." You know, like anyway. Enjoy yeah. your leaves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So whatever. Anyway, like I'm hoping that this is the last of the major, uh, you know, whatever it is. It's like the day of the like. I don't know. I feel like it's like. Uh, like I was making a joke. Like they're like the the critters. It's going to become one big apple ball and come after me. But yeah. It so, feels more like it's it's gremlins though. It feels like if they just get wet, they multiply. Yeah. Goddamn my tree. Be, goddamn our apple tree being healthy and productive, and goddamn <laughs> the bee population for existing. And you know, like no, these are all like positives, right? But it, it's not positive for me. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> yeah, you're just gonna have to find out if uh, you know there's some other better way to handle the amount of apples you know maybe you just put a bunch of baskets out there like just cover your yard in baskets <laughs> yeah that would be pretty great or also fire that might also be an option as well <laughs> um but anyway so i wanted i wanted you to see that um i will we'll try to make it a point to show people because it's like like um i don't think people understand like we're talking about this in the podcast right it's like okay whatever it's like i don't think people understand like 
I consider that a real, I, I consider this an inconvenience. This isn't just like, uh, <laughs> there are know. listeners right now. We're going, Jesus Christ. They're going out of apples again. Apples again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> well, you said the tonight's the night the podcast dies. So there you go. So there you go. We, all right. We've Look at that. It, people. Look at that. We this went, we went, um, we went almost an hour before we got to the news. So you guys are all welcome. So we'll burn. We'll, I promise you guys much like a bunch of apples. We'll just burn through the news. All right. Good news, everyone. So this past weekend was DC's fandom. Uh, they initiated this last year during COVID. It was basically supposed to be a DC centric Comic-Con, I guess, if you want to call it that. But really, they don't focus as much on the comics as they do everything else. Uh, it's more the movies, animation, television shows. It's 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 like a real comic con in that like they forget that comics are actually a thing. Um, <laughs> I'm just joking, but that's actually some harsh truth if you guys have been to some of the bigger comic cons. With that in mind, though, uh, there were some interesting things that were shown during DC's fandom. Um, you know, there was the first teaser for. Uh, Black Adam starring uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, or is it Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Or is it just Dwayne Johnson? You'll have to tell me. Yeah, or just um, Rock Johnson or The Dwayne. That also works. Oh, I like that. Yeah. The Dwayne. The Dwayne. Uh, (laughs) What's interesting to me is, is, uh, and people aren't going to know this, so I don't know why I'm like so beholden to the comic book knowledge. I'm like, yeah, Black Adam's not really a good guy. So I'm curious to see how they're going to spin this off. And typically he's a villain of Shazam, which was introduced uh, two years ago now, I think was the first Shazam film, which they are also currently working on the sequel to that. Um, but uh, it looks interesting. I'm, you know, I'm curious. The Rock is charismatic as hell, so I'm really curious to see what they do with it. Um, but really, there weren't that many big stories that were non-Batman related. So, you know, Shazam 2 is filming. Aquaman 2 is filming. Uh, I don't think there was anything in regards to <sighs> maybe there was some some HBO Max news that was non-Batman related. Oh no, they, they, they released a, a trailer for Peacemaker, so they did that. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I my apologies. I did jump over the Peacemaker trailer. Looks amazing. It looks funny as hell. Yes, um, it looks like a lot of fun. James Gunn again continuing his uh, winning hand that he had with he, the Suicide Squad. Supposedly, he said it was like it's a lot like The Office, except that there's a, a whole lot more um, shots to the face than The Office had. Like you know, like. <laughs> there's a there's a shot, and I'm sure it's it's digital at this point, but there's a shot of him hugging an American Eagle. Yes. And uh, it's from the behind. And he's like, Dad, grab my camera. He's hugging me. He's hugging me. And I just I burst out laughing seeing that shot. So Peacemaker absolutely looks like it's going to be amazing. Uh, I we talked about Suicide Squad on here. We both had a ton of fun with it. Uh, And I I don't think I'm speaking out of turn when I say that we both felt that it was uh, much better than the original Suicide Squad. Not to dismiss David Ayer, because I know that he's. Got a cut out there that hasn't come out yet. It's probably four hours, and it probably needs some touch-ups. But uh, yeah. that's me taking a dig. Well, I'm, I'm sure Sorry. we'll. I, I have a feeling that once we get to Peacemaker, we'll end up talking about it. So it's it's going to look. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm excited for it. Yeah. So Peacemaker was the other big announcement, but really it was sort of a Batman event. 
in a lot of senses. The the first thing that we got was the trailer for Matt Reeves' Batman film starring Robert Pattinson. Um, and there's a lot of interesting people in this film. You've got um, um, Andy Serkis as Alfred. You have, um, and oh man, I'm blanking on his name now. I just had it at the top of my head. And uh, I should really just pull uh, up call, the cast. Call, was was it Colin, um, uh, not Firth. Um, oh, who was playing the penguin? It's the other, it's the other Colin. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell's the penguin. Doing an accent that I would not have placed him as doing. Yeah. And then we also uh, have, uh, was it Jeffrey Wright playing? Um, Jeffrey uh, Wright playing Gordon. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Zoe oh. Kravitz is Catwoman. Like that's also fun too. So yeah. Yeah. I went to IMDb and tried to look up the uh, cast and it started playing a video. So hopefully that did not come up during this uh, segment. So uh, yeah, it looks interesting. I don't know what your take was on the trailer. I'm interested. Um, I'm not going to not see a Batman movie, obviously. My only thing is, is that I feel like, uh, and, and again, this is just somebody who's like, I want something different since we're going into a different era. I feel like this is still in the Chris Nolan verse in the sense of it's a very serious take on the character. There are elements from other comics that would have came after Chris Nolan's uh, his comics, particularly like the gauntlets that, that Bruce Wayne slash Batman's wearing. Um, Zoe, is it, is it Zoe Kravitz? I think it's Zoe, Zoe Kravitz. Yes. Yes. Uh, she looks phenomenal as Catwoman. That stuff all looks interesting, but it, it also felt to me like, I feel like we're just getting another Chris Nolan type take. And I, I don't mean that to be disparaging. Obviously anybody is going to want to aspire to somebody that people consider to be one of the best directors of, you know, current film. I don't mean that to be a, a disparaging thing, but I wanted a little bit more variety. And I understand that they're like, well, this is really the, you know, people want the grim and gritty. I, I get it. Um, but I, I would say that there was a cosplay that I posted on my Facebook this weekend. It wasn't me as Batman people, I promise. Um, but it, it was, was. A he doesn't want you to let anybody know, but I'm kidding. Who, uh, who in California, there is a statue of Jim Lee's version of Batman. It's actually, I believe, outside of Universal Studios or it's in Universal City Walk, um, which was one of the things I was planning on seeing had I got to go on vacation this year. But it just didn't happen. But uh, enough about me or more about me either way. Uh, but what I liked about it was is I was like, this is probably one of the best cosplays I've ever seen. One, it looked like Jim Lee's version of the character, but also – um, I was like, it's the traditional look of the character and I, I still go back to this and I understand that they want to keep this idea of like, well, you know, the comics technology at the back in the day, you know, the gray and the blue is really supposed to be just black. And I, I understand it. They're trying to differentiate planes and give you an idea of how a suit like that would look on a real person before it was actually on a person. But with that in mind, I'm like, why couldn't we get a suit that kind of looks like this? I'm not saying it's got to be this exact suit, but something that is doesn't feel like it's a black armored suit. I'd like to see a Batman who looks visually different than everything else that we've gotten. And I'm including the Keaton Batman in there. And you guys know that I love the Keaton Batman. But I, I, I want something that isn't just like, well, he's 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 the Batman. So it's got to be dark black. Well, it's and, weird because I feel like the Snyder Batman is like closer to this. 
that with like the like the suit color composition than than like the things we've gotten. You know what I mean? Like there's but there's still no blue in it. That's there's fair. Barely any yellow in it. Uh, and again, well, I'm not gray. saying it has the, the, to be. But yeah. one of the things that has always attracted me that, to Batman as a character, and I I find this with most characters, you have your definitive artist, but you also don't see a lot of interpretation with the characters. And if you do, it's usually one that like breaks the mold. For instance, Spider-Man, you know, God bless Steve Ditko, John Romita, you know, all the artists who worked on it before Todd McFarlane came along, but like Todd McFarlane shows up and he's like, I'm going to put him in crazy poses and I'm going to make this, the webbing crazy. And there was a lot of blowback from editorial at the time for him doing those things. And then that became the accepted norm. And I don't know that we've seen a more iconic Spider-Man come out since those 30 years. That's like really redirected people's visual. And why I'm, why I'm saying that is just simply like with Batman, it doesn't seem to be as much of an issue. You can have somebody drawing him who like Jim Lee or Frank Miller and have these short ears, stocky build, you know, uh, very sort of, uh, football linebacker quality, you can have somebody like Kelly Jones draw it with ears that are like, I don't know, sometimes look like they're at least 18 inches high <laughs> and his cape envelops everything. And visually, the interpretations of Batman in comics are one of the things that attracts me. And when I see it on the, on the screen, I'm like, oh, it's, it's another black suit. And I don't necessarily mind it. I understand the thought process behind it. But I just sometimes wish, and I'm spending way too much time talking about the, the actual suit uh, rather than the trailer proper here. But that was my first reaction was, was like, it feels a little bit like we're still in the Nolan school, which I get it. You don't want to diverge from that because it's exciting or it's it's not exciting. It's it, it's established and that's what people expect. But I, I wanted a little bit more visual flair. And there's a shot where Batman just literally walks into like machine gun fire. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like we're not even pretending to like dodge bullets at this point. It's just, I'm going to walk into, you know, and I understand again, armored suit so he can walk into a hail of gunfire. Like he's RoboCop, but there's something in my head that I'm just like, I want to see a little bit more beyond that. And now I'm going to stop talking and ask you, did you have any hot takes from the trailer. Cause probably you have better takes than I do. Cause I'm no, too no, close. No, to no, no, no. You, you have better takes than I do. I just, I, I thought the trailer was cool. Um, when you talk about like, so the, the thought that popped in my head here about him walking into the gunfire, it just feels like we're getting a more, a younger, more, um, like reckless, like result. Like he's like, it, like the ends justify the means Batman. And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. I, I hear, here, I'll give, I'll give this weird analogy. So just bear with me for a second. Um, so in world war was world war one, like, I think it was world war one. Um, the idea of having a plane, having a, um, a mounted gun, like a, like an airplane, like a biplane they thought it was like impossible because the idea, because the propeller would be moving. So you can't put a forward facing gun on a, an airplane, an airplane, a biplane. Um, but there was an American, um, uh, pilot that decided to put steel plates on the propeller and to shoot into it and bullets would go through or they wouldn't. 
And so mm-hmm. that way he wouldn't tear up his, uh, his propeller. Right. And so he, uh, also took the chance at like bullets just ricocheting back and hitting him. But he's like, Nope, I'm going to get these Germans. Right. So then he got shot down behind enemy lines and the Germans are like, finally, we figured out what he's doing. And they looked at it like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, like, so they actually found a way to make a gear system that the guns would shoot whenever the propeller was, um, like North South or East West, but not in between, if that makes sense. So that way it could fire. Um, so I feel like what we're getting with Pattinson here is I don't care if I hurt myself. Um, I'm, I'm a means to an end. I, I like if, if that analogy makes sense, it's kind of the vibe I get with this. Right. So it's like, I, you know, I'm pissed. I'm going to figure this out. I don't care who I have to get to like, and, and supposedly, and this is, I think this is the poison pill that we get now with all these movies is that this is supposed to be the first of a trilogy, you know, take, take that with what you want. DC always tends to shit the bed, not DC, sorry. Warner brothers shits the bed because they get scared. You know what I mean? Like, so maybe there's a bigger story here of him realizing like, um, cause there's that shot of Zoe Kravitz seeing Pattinson as Batman, like brutalize somebody. And she is upset by this. So maybe this is, we get, we get that thing of like, Hey, I know you're trying to, um, do this. And there's even that bit at the beginning. He's like the bat symbol isn't hope. It's supposed to instill fear. It's like, yeah, well, that's, um, you know, like that, that's also a phrase there, you know, so maybe we're already starting with him in this, this pit of like anger. And then maybe he can figure out to be, be better than, which, I mean, I know that's the theme with Batman always like, don't ever sink to the level of, of the enemy you're fighting because then they win. Um, but this also feels like this is well-trod territory in like the first two or three seasons of the Arrow CW series where he went from lethal force to realizing that like, I, I shouldn't kill and it doesn't help my cause. If I do, there's better ways to do this. I agree. And, and again, this is just, you know, a trailer. Uh, we're probably going to get one or more, one or two more trailers and everything looks fantastic. It it's looks, it like looks I really can, cool. Like I'm down like this. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm absolutely down with it. I, just my initial reaction was, I was like, how oh, I, and, and this is an unfair comparison, but uh, when uh, the 2009 Friday the 13th came out, I remember thinking, like, you've got a clean slate. You can do anything. And I didn't agree with the choices they made. But my whole thing was, like, you can you can do whatever you want. And, like, you've got a clean slate. And I feel like with this, my initial impression was, like, okay, you can do whatever you want. And there are differences from Christopher Nolan. Don't get me wrong. He's driving a supercharged car as opposed to a tank, which is what, you know, yeah. uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman uh, drove. And he's he doesn't have as defined of a costume, I think, as uh, the Christian Bale costume. And there are upgrades made within that series. So I, I, I don't mean to so- make it sound like I'm shitting on it. I, no, I no, 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 certainly no. Like, do not feel that way. Just, but like, I just – I'm like if, if given the choice, I would love to see a little bit more visual change. Um, and, and it's unfair for me to level that criticism at a trailer and not the film. That's fair. No, I just – We'll see. We'll see what happens. Right. Like, I just feel like, um, much, much like the conversation we're going to have about Halloween kills, Batman's a franchise has been revisited multiple times and there's a certain amount of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That came before, but we're going to do something different. So we'll mm-hmm. see. Right. Cause if the next film's called Batman kills, I don't know if I'm available for that. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it should not be, should be called that. Batman not kills. And then the next <laughs> film will be Batman ends question mark. No, I'm kidding. 
Batman Forever Ends. Forever Ends, or what was it? Um, oh, what was the what was the sequel that was supposed to happen after Forever? What was uh, Batman Unchained or whatever it was? Uh, um, was it called Unchained? What was it like called? Unvanquished it was like, or un, like something like that, right? Like oh yeah, the, the fifth Schumacher film. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, it was something like that. I figured it was supposed to be called. Yeah. It was something weird. Batman Triumphant. That's what it was called. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what it was called. Like I didn't look it up. I just I don't know why it's in my head. I can't remember people I went to high school with, but I remember that. So uh, yeah. Um, so yeah. Okay. Well, well, whatever. Anyway, continue. Please. On with the more Batman goodness. We'll just say that the other two things that we saw. Uh, one was the first teaser for the flash, uh, being introduced by Ezra Miller in his Ezra Miller in a very weird fashion. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly what he's wearing in that. Um, and I don't pretend to be cool or hip. So people can tell me like, you know, that's hot kids dressed today is used you old man, but he's wearing like a choker and like a wife beater. If I remember correctly, like, I don't know. It's a very weird choice. Uh, of things that I he's mean, wearing. I don't think you. I don't think you want to tie Ezra Miller to uh, abuse. I it. I, yeah, it was, <laughs> you know? it was an unfortunate <laughs> slip when it came out of. My no, no, mouth. no, no. I'm saying yeah. like they. You know, like <laughs> like um, he needs. To, he he did a shitty thing and needs to be held accountable for it. And right. I don't think uh, leaning into that uh, imagery is a good idea. And I don't think that was his intention. I think he was just like, hey, man, look at me. I'm young and cool. With and a wife beater. Anyway, yeah. 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 And he might not even have been wearing that. I, that's just what I'm remembering. But long story short, the, the trailer begins with him introducing it and saying, like, hey, we just finished wrapping it. So there isn't a lot that we can show. But here are the things that we can show. Um, and I, I'm down with that. Like, I, I actually, you know – for all the like criticisms that were leveled at, you know, the Snyderverse and, you know, Snyder himself, actually, I don't think I actually have any criticisms of any of the actors. Like I, I don't think that, uh, you know, cause Jason Momoa, I thought was fun. Yes. I thought that Ben Affleck was actually a really good Batman. Um, I, I think Henry, Henry Cavill is a good Superman. I just, previously said that I, I don't think Snyder understands what makes that character work. And um, I'm trying to think of uh, the gentleman who played uh cyborg, whose name I'm, I'm oh, yeah, I on right now. he did really well. I mean, he like, I think his, um, his frustrations about his character did come through in terms of his performance was better suited for the Snyder cut. So I think he did a good yeah. job with that. Yes. And so, then, uh, you know, obviously Gal Gadot yeah. is great as wonder woman. Like, I mean, and uh, even, you know, uh, Ezra Miller as like the flash, like, I don't have a problem with him as a character, you know? No, so. I think he's, 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 you know, he's fun as, as the character. Uh, I still prefer the Grant Gustin version from the CW yes. show, which unfortunately I haven't watched in like three years. So maybe that's changed, but I do feel like he, he, he did a really solid job with that character. Um, that said, um, the big reveal here though is, is uh, the, the, Beginning of the trailer after Ezra Miller gets done saying like, we'll see you at the movies next year or more importantly, you'll see me, which I'm like, well, that seems weird. Um, it's just, just like implying like, he's like, he's yeah. like wife beater. I'm out. It just like, like, <laughs> like, you know, anyway, yeah, we'll see you at the movies next year, but I guess you'll see me really. Cause I don't care about you, but I'll, I'll um, put some hot dogs in your pockets. Question like <laughs> questioned. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Uh, Everybody in the audience gets free uh, wieners in their pockets. (laughs) The opening narration is clearly Michael Keaton. So, like, 
immediately as I'm watching the trailer, like the hairs stand up. And I, 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 I will fully admit it's complete nostalgia. It's just he's he's I, I'm 14 when Batman comes out. I'm I'm just absolutely enamored with Batman. It's my entrance to comics. It's it opens up a whole new world for me. So I can never disassociate Michael Keaton's Batman from that time period. So I'm always going to be front and row center, like cheering on Michael Keaton as Batman. And the idea that we're going to get him returning is just always going to be an automatic, like sensory overload for me. So just even hearing his voice and like, yes, Michael Keaton, Batman. Um, that said, we don't actually get an official shot of him in the suit, but we do get a shot of him from behind, uh, uh, particularly the ears, which was enough to, to get me excited. I, I probably won't lose my mind until we get that first shot of Michael Keaton returning as Batman. And I really want to see what his take is because uh, we'll take Batman out of the equation. Even if, if Michael Keaton was making a Beetlejuice sequel and maybe there wouldn't be very many layers to the differences between the characters, he's such a damn good actor that I would be interested in whatever he's revisiting and seeing how he approaches it mm-hmm. now. Um, well, he's had a renaissance since, um, uh, what was it, Birdman? Um, which yeah, I, absolutely. I, I still need to see that. I, that's, I, that's a great failure on my part. But like he, he was kind of like resigned to like this direct to, to video stuff for the longest time, or like lower tier stuff. And then he's having this renaissance. And I, I love Michael Keaton. So yes, please uh, bring me more. You know. So I'm excited for this. Uh, and when we, uh, I, we didn't review technically. I think Homecoming, but we talked about it on the show. You know. The the entire scene with him and Tom Holland in the car where he's so talking good. about his daughter, yeah. he's so good in that scene. Like yeah. I just love him in that scene, and uh, I think he's such a talented guy. And I'm really interested to see where he gets to not only revisit this character, but also what his thoughts and the actions that he brings to the character are 30 years later on. Yeah, well, and um, also like he was also briefly in that film, the other guys where he was like the police, like chief or whatever. Uh, with I, have Farrell, seen Mark it. I, oh, I have to admit this. Okay. A little bit of a spoiler. Like he's the guy, like he is like the one dispatching everything. And he keeps like saying things. He's like, guys, um, like just go out there. Don't go chasing waterfalls. They're like, Hey, are you a, TLC fan. He's like, I, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, so he keeps quoting <laughs> their lyrics. And then eventually you find out that he moons at a, a bed, bath and beyond. Like, it's so delightful <laughs> to see his character be, I don't know. It's like, he, he's the, I like that movie, but he, it's like, he's one of those guys. just like, every time he's in a scene, he steals it. I remember when he popped up in, um, Jackie Brown and, uh, I think he's like in a, like a bit moment in the trailer. Uh, and he doesn't have like a large part in Jackie Brown, but I feel like that was our first time seeing him after a couple of years for some reason. Um, and I was like, Tarantino, just give Michael Keaton an entire movie, you yes. know? Uh, uh, so yeah, I was, I, I'm always delighted when he pops up in something. And even if it's a movie that like, for instance, the founder, which is about the Ray Kroc, uh, or Roy Kroc. Ray Kroc. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. He's a bad guy there. Um, but I, I think that Michael Keaton does such a wonderful job with it. And actually there's a new series on uh, Hulu called dope sick. Uh, that is that he's in that also is talking about uh, the opioid uh, crisis, right? Like the opioid opioid yeah. crisis that we're in right now. And basically how that started with the Oxycontin and the lies that went into producing that. Um, 
I haven't watched it yet just because it's spooky season, but I'm, I'm mm-hmm. definitely, so you don't want to do with the horrors of addiction. You know, I'm kidding. Yeah. That that's that's November. Yeah. Uh, right now it's fun horror. Next month it'll just be real horror. Yeah, well, the, he was also in um, Thanksgiving. He was in that film Spotlight uh, about like the Boston oh, Herald. He's in that movie. Yeah. yeah, he's so good in that too. Speaking of real life horror, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah. But okay, so yeah, I I'm excited. I can't phrase yeah. Michael Keaton enough. I'm always happy to see him come back. And then the last thing that was Batman centric was. You know, J.J. Abrams and Bruce Tim talking about this new Batman, the animated series that is coming from Bruce Timms and James Tucker, who James Tucker uh, worked under Bruce Tim on Superman, the animated series. And then I believe Batman, the new adventures, which was just sort of a continuation of the animated series. And then he went on and created Batman Brave and the Bold, which uh, is uh, Batman Brave and the Bold is just a fun show. Um, it's, it's 60 centric in a lot of ways, but it's also, uh, so much fun to watch. It's just, a, a, it's not campy, but it's, it's, you know, uh, it, um, and I, I'm blanking out his name right now. Uh, I just had it, it went away. Uh, the gentleman from, uh, the Drew Carey show, Diedrich Bader. Thank I was going to thank you for telling me the name, even though it popped into my You're own Diedrich Bader plays Batman uh, he calls his fists the hammers of justice. It's big, bold, fun. I, I um, just want to believe that whenever like Dietrich Bader, can you come in and be Batman? He's like, I have one condition. <laughs> like, well, it's weird, so, but okay, fine. You know, <laughs> you can't, you can't um, call your fighting style Rex Quando, but you can call your fists the hammers of justice. <laughs> I just love the fact that like those two are running the show. Cause I love Bruce Tim. I'm sure you guys have heard me ad nauseum go on about Bruce Tim and how much I love his work, uh, particularly Batman, the animated series. Uh, that said, I'm, I'm so excited to see that, uh, we're getting another version, which is Bruce Tim saying like, this is going to be more Batman, the animated series than Batman, the animated series was. And at first it took me a second to try and digest what that comment meant. But he's saying, like, you know, there were restrictions that things that we couldn't do in the animated series because it was on Fox, you know, in 1992. So, like, the restrictions are off as far as, like, I can take, you know, the levels of violence and how sadistic the villains can be and things like that. And, you know, I'm just like, yes, I don't quite understand why J.J. Abrams is involved, but whatever. It's fine. Um, But Bruce Tim and, and, um, you know... uh, a new version of Batman, the animated series I'm all in for. And those were the, the three announcements that were like, or I shouldn't say announcements because they were all, they had already been announced, but they were the, the three things that were really talked about at fandom that I think most people paid the most attention to. And if there's something that I didn't mention guys that you guys uh, feel like uh, I missed, please let us know on Facebook. Uh, and uh, I will, uh, address it in the next episode. I don't know. Means, <laughs> All right. So, uh, just real quick here. Uh, I got, um, so I have, a, have a, um, a, a couple stories here. One's a callback to one we did recently here. So, um, this involves large pumpkins. So we've talked about, um, large record breaking pumpkins or ones that have won. Right. So a Wisconsin, Wisconsin farmer grew a 2,520 20 pound pumpkin, um, believed to be the heaviest grown in the country this year. That's ridiculous. I don't understand life. Uh, Steve, do you want to know what the, you want what the twist is here? The, the story has a twist. 
was it grown uh, using Gatorade as its uh, water <laughs> yeah, source? It was given a bunch of Red Bull. Uh, no, um, no, it, uh, it turned out to be a butternut squash. No, that's not, the, that's not the hook either. Um, so what it actually was, it was, was disqualified from competition, compet- competition, competition due to a, um, what was it at? Um, a fingernail sized crack in the vegetables exterior. What? Yeah. It cracked open. Why is open. that something that would discontinue? I, I mean, I guess I don't really know what the qualifications are. Uh, for judging something along these lines, but why would that be a disqualifier? I, I could see, like, if they're like, it's, I mean, it, it broke, so it doesn't, like, it's not, like, intact, so it can't qualify. However, I guess my thing would be, like, like, if it's burst and just, like, you know, pumpkin guts all over the place, that's one thing, but whatever. Anyway, so they believe because it was a result of internal pressure from the pumpkin's large size and it's the awkward, awkward way it was growing. And also, it's a wanting to end its life and die. I added that on the last uh, part of the sentence. But yeah, so the pumpkin could have earned this gentleman $22,680 from the Safeway World Championship Pumpkin Way Off in California, which offers a prize of $9 per pound. Um, Can I just paint myself as a pumpkin and go and maybe get some money? That'd be great. Um, (laughs) Which, I mean, I, I wouldn't be able to weigh in against these guys, but it's just like, can I just be like best dressed? I don't know. So, uh, so the person who owns this, uh, he said that uh, he's looking towards the future. He's like, it happens. There's no crying and pumpkin growing. Okay. I don't know if I lost $22,000 because of hairline crack, I might be crying a little bit. I, he's like, I know I could do it again. So we just got to go look forward to the future. Um, so yeah, so there you go. There's some pumpkin drama, a large pumpkin drama, which I think so, is a, it's a callback to a previous uh, story we did. Also it's Halloween season. So I thought you'd appreciate that. Yeah. I just feel like if it's a hairline crack, that is not something that should, in my opinion, uh, again, I have no pumpkin expertise other than, you know, saying that, uh, hot take people. I think pumpkin spice is overrated. I've just lost, uh, Rob fields as a friend, unfortunately, because of that, but, uh, <laughs> no, I've established he's I'm in kidding. the pocket of big pumpkin. We know that like yes. I've, uh, I have clearly called him out on this. He's never denied it. So he <laughs> is in the pocket of big pumpkin spice. Like I know that. So, uh, with that, with that being said, though, I, I don't understand why a hairline crack. I mean, look, if if you were installing, you know, something in your house and there's a hairline crack, you're like a crack. You could say like, oh, I can see why that would be a problem and we need to replace this. But it's a pumpkin. At some point, it's either going to decompose or be carved up into a jack-o'-lantern or slash many pumpkin pies i don't know how yeah, they make no, them, like but. like i think i mentioned last week my my neighbors made me a jack-o'-lantern for my birthday and it was wonderful um and then like within two days of setting out on the front porch it um it degraded quickly <laughs> like so i was yeah. like like yeah like i appreciate the effort though it was amazing that i'm glad i got to take the picture that i did because it was such a fun thing that they did for me but it's like the moment it went outside it's like whoo i gotta throw you away because this is this is not good. So yeah, I think if, um, whatever. Anyway, I think uh, I like that there's like um, drama and debate about what is considered an intact vegetable or not. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah, that's so weird to me. I guess you know. I guess it's like you know when you go to dog shows and you see them like cupping the the, the dog's balls or whatever or <laughs> lack thereof. They're like, oh, or, this dog has amazing balls. However, there's a hairline fracture. 
here, so we can't. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I don't understand dog shows. I really don't. Like, no. I get it if the dog just like, oh, and now it's time for him to run the race course, and like the dog just runs all over. I get like why that's disqualified, but you know, there are weird rules that go into these things. There's, it's like a horror movie, Paul. It's surviving a horror movie. There's rules that you have to obey. Apparently, that's everything. So. No, there's two videos online and people can find them. One is um, a dog um, doing an agility course and then just stops halfway through to take a shit. It's a, hilarious. Uh, it's, just, it's, just, it's really funny. And then the other one is it's an obedience course where they show the first. It's like it's over. It's I think it's German or something where the first dog goes through and they, they, on the left and right of the dog, like they have these plates full of food and toys along. the And it's like the whole thing is like the owner and the trainer's like, come on, come on, come on. And then how well the dog is trained like they'll go through and ignore everything. Right. And like one, I was like the German shepherd. And then like the next thing's like a golden retriever. And the moment they let the dog, that dog loose, it eats everything and plays with everything. And it is delightful. Cause like everybody around's laughing as this dog just like has the best day of his life and not listening to anybody. So and you know yeah. what? I, I give that dog the, the prize. Like, <laughs> I don't know, like, oh. it's much more fun to enjoy, watch a dog enjoy themselves than, and I say this with two dogs who are not well-behaved, and I would be angry if we were in the reverse situation, but, you know, like. If they're not uh, yours, it's funny, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, I, it's it's adorable, it's cute, and they're just having a good time. It also helps that somebody put the Benny Hill music over top of that when the dog was just having a good time. But anyway, so, all right, uh, next story here, uh, to wrap it up here, is, Steve, this is going to be upsetting to you. Um Oh, no. This is this is from NPR. Uh, Sprinklegate sinks a, a United Kingdom bakery's top sellers after top after the topping is found to be illegal. So what this is here's here it goes. Um, a British bakery has been forced to pull its top selling cookies from the market after regulators inform the owner that the sprinkles are illegal. The U.S. made sprinkles contain a coloring that's legal for some uses, but not sprinkling. Uh, the Rich Myers, the owner of Get Baked Bakery in Leeds, I think that's a fun name for a bakery, uh, disclosed uh, the recent setback on Facebook where his updates on what he calls Sprinklegate have been defined by frank talk and the occasional heartfelt profanity. He says, uh, the decision is a huge deal for this business and it's also very effing annoying. And, uh, so here, <laughs> this is what's going to happen here. Let me explain this. So um, the the... The, um, the sprinkles are, they come from the U S they have, uh, as uh, FDNC red number three, uh, they have something called, uh, erythocene. I'm going to mess that up. The U S FUD, uh, FUD, the U S food and drug administration, uh, restricted some uses of red number three in 1990, citing studies that in high doses, the additive was found to cause cancer in lab tests on animals. The dye is currently allowed in foods in the U S because of course it is. Uh, but the Center for Science and Public Interest has urged the FDA to revoke its approval. Um, and the BBC reports that it's also been linked to hyperactivity in children. So it's only allowed to be used in certain things, but not sprinkles, that the sprinkles have been, you know, like they're like the regular sprinkles that you and I use, because clearly we're allowed to just eat like, you know, chemicals, whatever. Um, a government inspector on October 1st was sent to the store acting on a tip that um, someone someone ratted them out saying they were using sprinkles that were illegal. <laughs> so he also like the person who owned this didn't where they, they were not aware they broke the law. He's like, I realize how insane this is. Unfortunately, I'm only prepared to use them and no others. If I can't use them, I won't use any. I will be on sprinkle strike. 
The initial <laughs> contact was followed by hopes of reprieve as the taboo topping was taken away for testing. But the verdict that came back this week confirmed that the brightly colored sparkles are indeed banned in the United Kingdom. Uh, we stand by the advice given and would argue all food business operators when seeking to use imported foods containing additives to check they are permitted for use in the United Kingdom. Uh, the, you know, people that don't want to have us have sprinkles said. Uh, so then, um, yeah, <laughs> basically this place, like I'm not going to use these sprinkles. I'm not using inferior sprinkles. And then, um, he wrote to whoever reported us to the trading standards. All I have to say is dear Lord, what is sad little life Jane, which I guess is a quote from, um, uh, a British show called come dine with me. So this place was doing gangbusters because they had sprinkles and then the sprinkles were found out to not be, you know, healthy because they're sprinkles. So, okay. So nobody makes cookies or baked goods or any of those things <laughs> with the intention of like, Oh, this is the healthy alternative. Yeah. And if they are, like, we've oh, all had yeah, this cookie and this cake have sugar in them. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like we've all had that sugar-free treat where you're like in Paul, I know that specifically with your condition, like they make it sound like, you know, uh, yeah. you're like on the edge of death, but I just meant yeah. that, like, I mean, who I knows? know because I'm type two diabetic, meaning that yes, I, I've, okay. I have screwed up myself enough to where I've given myself diabetes. It sucks. It's not fun. Uh, sugar is poison to me because I've had so much sugar and carbs in my life that I have to watch everything like a hawk as I sit here and drink seltzers that have, let me check this out, two, two grams of carbs per serving and less than one gram of sugars, but all the alcohols because I'm a responsible um, and invalid. That's not right. right. And but, I, I do apologize for outing you. I didn't mean no, we've talked regard. about no, I, I just, I'm, okay. We have I, talked about I'm an overweight show, white so. guy. It's inherent. It's like, I'm an overweight, um, 40 year old um, American. It's probably, I think that's, I think that makes me more American than a lot of people, honestly. But, but how many like sugar free alternatives have you tried? And you're like, this isn't worth it. Like this well, is just absolutely awful. Yes. And no, the problem I rather is have nothing. The problem is, is that when you, when you get like, especially like chocolates and desserts that are sugar free, especially chocolates, like peanut butter cups and all that, like stuff. Stouffer's, like there's other companies that make sugar-free chocolates and they taste fine. They taste perfectly great, right? Cause they use these substitutes. However, some of the sugar substitutes, if you eat them in, in bulk mass, you're going to shit your brains out. And that's the problem. <laughs> um, cause you're I like, I, I could see that being an issue. Yes. You're like, I love this. I don't love it now. You're like, you know, so, uh, it's a problem. So you, you it's like, you know, whatever. But yeah, I sugar's poison. Like, I mean, I understand that like I've destroyed my own body to where it's really bad. However, the amount of added sugars going into everything in American foods is ridiculous. Like it is so not needed. Like you would be surprised at the food products out there. It's like, why does this have sugar? It does not need it. You know what I mean? But to, to speak to your mm -hmm. point of like, yeah, I've had this and it's like, man, whatever. Like there's sugar alternatives out there. Like there's something like a uh, monk fruit extract, uh, there's other things that they do that, that are sweet that don't impact blood sugar the same way. And it, it, all these things I've been exp like exploring and getting into. However, to say that like you can't put sprinkles on a sugar pile feels weird to me. However, right. I'll, I'll say this as well, that if they've recognized like, oh, this is these chemicals are bad for you. You can't have them. Um, I, it's just, I also think maybe buyer beware. Like I, you're already buying a dessert. So you already know you're not doing it. It's it's like, you know what? I got to eat. You know, I got I to live. Like I live healthy. I'm going to eat a lot of cake. 
You know? Well, it's not like they're they're putting plutonium on top of this. Like it's it's like everybody prefers everybody prefers like you know a bunch of uh, arsenic and uh, asbestos. Asbestos is really tasty. You know, like, <laughs> it really brings the flavor I, out. You know, I guess the point that I'm making is is that you know it, it's weird to me that you know this is such a specific thing and that people would have have it up their ass in the sense of like. Oh well, I can't eat this now because of, and it's like really, like really, come on. Like, yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's, it's the government saying that like this hasn't been approved, so I can't like. I don't disagree with them. However, I guess the thing is, is like, it, if the people are aware of what they're ingesting and the the potential problems, it's the same thing as like uh, here I am, I'm drinking. Uh, how like alcohol is readily available in the United Kingdom. Pretty sure you can go to go to any pub and have a pint, right? Like I, there, there's so many other chemicals out there. Nicotine. Uh, there's so much. Else, uh, so it's like there's so many other things that we accept day to day that are problematic um, that can cause long term effects. Um, that you know the whole thing is like at least I think the middle ground here is put a sign up saying these products contain this. It has been shown to do this. If you want to buy sprinkles, buy sprinkles, you know, that's all. Yeah. I mean, that's what the labels are for, but I just, I don't know. It seems weird to me. Like I, I guess I've never paused and maybe this is, says more about me than it does other people, but I'm just, you know, I, unless I'm specifically looking for something like if I had like a, a peanut allergy, yeah, I'm going to check every label to make sure there's not peanuts in it. But you know, I, a sprinkle in the fact that it, it's disqualifying this person. And it sounds like it has it hurt his business. Am I correct in that? It sounds like it's upsetting people. Yes. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, nobody was walking into that bakery thinking that they were getting something healthy. You know, this isn't, this isn't like, the episode of, of Seinfeld where they're supposed to be the, uh, I think it's like either low calorie or no fat uh, yogurt. And then they have it tested in a lab and they find out that, that it actually is because they all secretly start like, cause they're eating tons of this yogurt, uh, frozen yogurt, but they're putting on weight and they're like, I can't figure it out. You know, this, this, this frozen yogurt is supposed to be low calorie or, or no fat or something along those lines. And then once they, they get it tested, you know, uh, it gets out and then that, that place has to close. But you know, I, I don't know. I it's it's weird. It's the same thing of like, you know, I, I don't smoke, but you know, people who go to bars, you know, you're in a bar. So like if somebody were to light up a cigarette, I'd be like, well, I, I guess it's no worse than what we're already doing. So I don't know. Well, with that, so I, I, I agree with you that like, I think that I, so here in, other than it being annoying and like, yeah, I'm not saying like, Hey, let's start smoking. And oh, no, 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 no. So like to, to, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll counter that with like here and this part of Ohio that we live in, um, there's certain parts of the city or the County that have like banned smoking indoors. At first I was against that, not because I smoked, but just because I'm like, you know, these are people's choices. However, the moment I started going to these bars where there wasn't smoke all the time, I didn't get a headache. And I was like, this is pretty great, you know? And so, but if people want to go outside and smoke and come back in, like, I'm not telling them they can't smoke. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that, that's perfectly in their rights. 
Um, I don't think I have to constantly be within all their, their smoke. And I think there's a difference there. It isn't like if somebody's going to have sprinkles, they can't be like, I'm going to shove these in your face. I, I think I agree with you. So, uh, but before here, we're going to put a pin in this. We'll get into our Halloween kills here. Um, there is a, um, there is something that they made here. This sounds like Steve, you, you, this is what you want in your life, but, but they may not be able to get it out because sprinkles are forbidden in the United Kingdom. Uh-huh. It's, it's called a birthday Bruce. It is a towering slab of 12 layer chocolate cake with sprinkles. And so Ooh, there you that go. Sounds delicious. Right? So you can still make it for yourself. It just, you know, you can make it over here and just sell it. But I like that it's called a birthday <laughs> Bruce. Like we're going to need a bigger plate. That that's like a good, that's, that's a good Jaws joke. Like, Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, continue. No, my apologies. <clears throat> I like how that's the only ingredient that I need. Like I'm like, "Well, I got the sprinkles, bitches." Yeah. I'll just like, put it on anything. Just, you should start like um like just like doing like, I don't know, like black market sprinkle selling, you know, <laughs> like um, kind of how like it was like uh, with um, the first was a Black Panther film. We found out about the big um, like vibranium black market. You could do this with like sprinkles. Be like, hey, <laughs> or what people the people call them Jimmy's. I think they also call them Jimmy's, right? Like, yeah, you know, they yeah. do. Be like, hey, and I never heard that term until uh, there was an episode of The Simpsons where somebody threw sprinkles in somebody's eyes, and he's like, "Oh, I got Jimmy's in my eyes." Like, what the <laughs> heck does that mean? Yeah, we should find and a way. We can just, we can do me. some uh, like Breaking Bad, like black market running of Jimmy's uh, to the oh. UK. Um. <laughs> I'll get right on that. Sure. <laughs> it sounds like a, like a moneymaker. Sure. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so that, that's our stories. Uh, some Batman, some pumpkins, and some Jimmys. That's what we got there. So I apologize to you all. <laughs> all right. So let's just get into our discussion about Halloween kills. And now for our feature presentation. So tonight's feature presentation is Halloween Kills. If we didn't talk about it enough in our first hour and a half opening, uh, I don't know that we went an hour and a half, but I'm just I'm guesstimating. So uh, um, yes. Halloween <laughs> Kills. Let's continue. Yes, an hour and a half. Continue. Yes, yes. is the uh, follow up to 2018's Halloween, which is essentially the reboot of the series picking up after the original 1978 classic Halloween. The idea here is to ignore everything that's come uh, after the original Halloween and pick up 40 years later. This film picks up minutes later from where 2018's Halloween picks up or ends, I should say. And I'm trying not to say ends because that's going to be the next Halloween movie, but uh, where 2018's Halloween uh, stops, this movie begins, and it's literally uh, within minutes of that ending. With that in mind, we'll just talk about uh, some some quick, uh, you know, folks who are involved with the film. It's uh, co-written and directed by David Gordon Green. Uh, it's also co-written by Danny McBride and Scott Teams. You have uh, Jamie Lee Curtis returning, Judy Greer returning, Andy, Mati- Andy Matichak returning that all three of them are now technically strode uh, girls, if you will. Uh, Judy Greer's character of Karen was Jamie Lee Curtis's Laurie Strode's daughter. And Allison, who's played by Andy Matichak, is her granddaughter. Uh, we have James Drew Courtney returning as The Shape or Michael Myers, depending upon how you prefer to look at it. Uh, we also have Nick Castle returning in some capacity as The Shape. And then there is a flashback to 1978, and they brought in another actor for that by the name of, uh, and I, 
I'm assuming this is how you pronounce it. It's Aaron, but it's spelled A-I-R-O-N, which I've never seen that that spelling for the, the name Aaron, but I'm assuming that's how it is. Okay. Aaron Armstrong. Paul, you can, you know, correct me if I'm I, I'm looking uh, on the Wikipedia wrong. page here. Uh, I'm not seeing him, so I need to look at the IMDb. Okay. So let me back that up. So here, one second. Um, I believe you. Well, no, I yeah, and I don't want to be stuck on this. I, I apologize. I, I just oh, wanted yeah, to. Arian Armstrong. Yeah, you're right. I think it's Aaron. Yeah, Aaron. A I R O N. Aaron. A A. Yeah, that's how I took it because Arian just doesn't sound right. So he's part of the. He's an Arian. I don't want to say that. Aaron. That's where I was going with that. So I wanted to stay away from that. So, but we also have returning characters from previous the nineteen seventy eight film. We have Charles Cipher reprising his role as Lee Brackett in the film. He's the sheriff in nineteen seventy eight. Even though we are asked to ignore Halloween too. He did return for that film as the sheriff as well. Uh, we have uh, Kyle Richards, who was Lindsay in the original 1978 Halloween. My understanding is, is that she's popular now for being on like a, like a housewives type show. And that's not me disparaging. it. it's just that I don't know enough about the real housewives of Haddonfield. Yes. I, I don't know enough about those shows to really speak with any sort of confidence on them. Uh, we have Nancy Stevens returning as Marion, who had previously returned for not only Halloween 2, but the last time they tried to reboot, which was Halloween H2O. Uh, that film opens with her character being killed. Um, so she's also returning again as Marion. Uh, and then we have um, Robert Longstreet playing Lonnie Elam, who is a minor character in the original Halloween. Um, I don't know. Uh, specifically how much screen time off the top of my head that Lonnie has, but I can tell you that Lonnie has one of the best moments in the original Halloween. I shouldn't say best moments, but it's a moment that always makes me laugh in which he's dared by his friends to go to the uh, door of the Michael Myers house and uh, go in. And then a, a uh, Dr. Loomis played by uh, Donald Pleasance is off to the side in the bushes and tells him, Hey, Lonnie, get your ass away from there. And he runs away. And then we see, like, you know, this gigantic smile on Pleasance's <laughs> face, which is one of the very rare times that he actually gets a smile in one of these movies. And it's a movie that it's it's a moment that always charms me. But uh, that that actor is playing a um, grown up version of Lonnie Elam. And if I didn't say his name, it's Robert Longstreet. And then Anthony Michael Hall was chosen to replace Tommy Doyle. Um, I don't know what the behind the scenes, you know, was for that. If if the actor who played Tommy Doyle in '78 is no longer acting, or if they wanted somebody who had a little bit more gravitas, I can't speak to that. But he's the other character returning from 1978's Halloween in this arc incarnation, just played by a different actor. So uh, with that in mind, we've kind of set the stage for who's, you know, behind the film. This movie, like I said, picks up directly from the events of 2018's Halloween, which I don't know how much we want to go into this. I know Paul, that you said that you recently rewatched it just for uh, before watching Halloween kills, but the idea behind 2018's Halloween is, is that it, it, it retcons everything that would have happened after the original Halloween. And it's basically saying we're now the sequel to Halloween. And it picks up 40 years later where Laurie Strode has become a, 
um, activist in the sense of uh, activist may not be the right word. Survivalist. She's survivalist. Thank you. Yeah. She's survivalist and she's well aware that this in some fashion or form, uh, this evil is going to come upon her again. So she's spent her entire life uh, trying to deal with it with uh, not only booze, but also we get the idea that she's also tried to fill that void with uh, men or love. Uh, and then she has also trained herself to, uh, in, much in the way that Sarah Connor prepares mm-hmm. herself in between Terminator and Terminator 2, to be a, a, available to confront this evil if it rises again, um, which she is absolutely convinced is going to happen. Um, and it does happen in 2018's Halloween. Michael Myers is released. He's not released. My, hey, no, my apologies. I mean, he, he is, trans- he, yeah, he's transported, but he finds a way out as, as he does that wily son of a gun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he finds his way out. We'll put it that way. Um, and there are subplots involving his doctor, Dr. Sartain, who has replaced Dr. Loomis as Donald Pleasance had passed. Uh, so they needed to somehow fill that role, um, with another doctor. And his whole objective in that film is, is that he wanted to see what Michael would be like in the wild. So he's orchestrated this whole thing so that Michael can escape and he can enjoy what Michael is going to do from the perspective of being able to watch him in the wild. Um, and from there it leads back to Lori's house, which brings us to a finale in which Lori, her granddaughter and her daughter, Karen and her granddaughter, um, Allison confront the shape. Uh, and basically Lori has laid a giant trap for the shape um, and we leave that film with Michael burning in the basement that has been barred in with like prison bars. Uh, and that's where the, the film ends as Lori and her daughter and granddaughter are on a truck that was passing by. They pick them up to take them to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So the, where, where I will start with this is, uh, one, I want to share with you some of the dumbest trivia that I found on IMDb about this film. Also, um, I, we just, I guess we'd spoil the first movie, whatever. If you've not seen it, it's available. It's out from in three years. So, you know, whatever. Was so, I supposed to give spoilers for that? No, 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 no. But I'm just saying like, if you've not seen that yet, I also, can I just say that we know that there's going to be new th- three new Halloween films. So I'm pretty sure Michael Myers is going to be through all three of them. So anyway, do you know why they are called spoilers? So uh, here's the dumbest trivia that I, I hate IMDb sometimes where someone's like, that's a thing that people have not considered blah, 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 blah. Here, here's your trivia, Steve. It's just going to make you uh, mad and laugh because it's so dumb. This installation marks the first time in the franchise that Michael has killed firefighters. Wait, what? That's a first for this movie? I can't believe it. I just, who cares? Like, he is he is a meat grinder. He is a force of nature. And we'll get more into that. It's like, okay, well, he's the cops, firefighters, paramedics, um, uh, military, I don't know, um, space force, whatever. He's going to kill whoever. Yeah, that's what he does, right? It's, it's what yes. he does. Okay, I... I- <laughs> We unfortunately were cut off at Skype at that point, but I'm just going to point out, yes, uh, we had seen Michael Myers kill paramedics before. And I love the fact that somebody made the distinction that they're like, well, we've seen him kill paramedics, but not firemen. So that's, that's, I mean, I'm not saying like IMDB continues to be a wealth of non-information. Yes. So the second thing I want to get to before, um, I, and, and, and this is going to be a little longer conversation. So everybody tuck in. I, I like, we'll, we'll get to the game. It's going to be a lot of fun. I promise everybody. Um, so 
with this, we talked about Friday 13th part five last week, a new beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know the Friday 13th franchise is very important to you growing up. It's one of your uh, pillars of horror, uh, much like Nightmare on Elm Street is. And that's what we're going to be talking more about that next week. Uh, in one fashion or another, you know, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Um, with um, Halloween though, I feel like the more I talk to you, like there's something about the Halloween series, at least the idea of the night he came home, sticks with you like it, it's something about that rings a lot more true to you than the other two. I think this is the more the, the I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like of, of your three loves, this is the one that you're like, I don't have favorites. And you go to Halloween, like I have a favorite. Like, I feel like there's something there, you know, with this. <laughs> well, I do have a favorite with the others, but you are correct. This is the one that's probably closest to my heart. I think that it may not be that I realized how much I I love this movie until I was older, um, because my re, my revisiting of both Friday the Thirteenth and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street as an adult, I had spent years away from them and then realized that there was a, a specific joy to a lot of them, even the bad ones, um, which is weird because I can't do that with Halloween. I can't. I can't get to a place like I can, I can find things that I like about even the movies that I think are bad within Halloween, but I can't get myself to a place where I'm like, well, I'm doing a, a, a marathon of them. I have to watch it. You know, if I'm watching uh, Friday the 13th and I'm going to do the first, say, like, let's say eight movies, I'm not skipping any of them. But for instance, with Halloween, I'm going to skip part five. Um, if I'm going to watch six, it's probably going to be the producer's cut. Um, if I'm going to watch H2O next, I'll watch that, but I'll skip resurrection, which follows it. So I do have much more of a connection to this. I, I think it's the idea of Michael being this thing. That's the shape as opposed to being just Michael Myers. Uh, and I can't separate out why I'm, both more nostalgic, but also less nostalgic for Halloween. Whereas, you know, I'll, I'll even nightmare on Elm street. If I were to watch all six of the first, you know, nightmare on Elm street movies, um, I get to part six. I'm still going to watch it, even though I think it's the worst of those original six. Um, Mm -hmm. so like I said, with Halloween, I'll make distinctions. I'm like, yeah, I'm not watching that. Yeah, I'm not watching that. Okay, um, so with, with that being said, though, like, I mean, of of the three, I mean, not that we need to, like, do a one-for-one one or apples-to-apples comparison. No, no, no. And here I, I am, apples! I'm getting angry again. But uh, just, um, like, I, I just want to say, I feel like the core concept of what Halloween is, I think it resonates with you more than the other two, at least from just from what we talked about. And also because you just, you, you will skip entries because, like, your, your love of it like there's something that's like, you know what? Psh, I'm done with those. I can't handle that. Where the other ones, it's like, I do love them and all of them, like there's, there's reasons to get into them. I think there's something about Michael Myers in the shape. Like, and, and again, if I'm wrong, you tell me I'm not barking up the right tree. I think there's something here for you. That's a little bit more personal in terms of what, what, what kind of horror like resonates with you, you know? And with that being said, um, I think this is one of those franchises that like, um, when they're like, we're going to try this again, you're always crossing your fingers and hoping for the best. So I think, I think you're always hoping for the best outcome, which you should be right. I don't, I don't think that, I don't think you'd be like, I hope this thing shits the bed so we can get somebody else come in. I don't think that's the approach, but 
Halloween feels like it's been um, so driven and like off the road multiple times where it's like, can we get a good one again, please? I, I think I think you wear your heart on your sleeve for Halloween in a way that I don't see from you and our conversations over the years of being friends and recording a show that I see in the same way from Friday 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, you would be absolutely right. There is, and I, I, I don't know if I can quantify why it's more of a personal connection or why it's more special to me, but I do think at its core, it is about character. I, I always, the ones that I particularly love within Halloween uh, as a franchise, the things that I think that work the best are the ones that are um, character based, meaning uh, obviously we're going to take season of the witch out of out of the equation because that is its own ball of wax. And I do enjoy that movie as well. But, you know, the idea of Laurie Strode, uh, the uh, even if we're going back to the original, like even though they're kind of shits in some ways and they kind of shit on Laurie, we, we have I, I connect to Annie as a character. I connect to um PJ Soul's character, which Linda, uh, I had to give my brain a second to catch up there, but you know, I connect to their characters. I connect to Loomis. Loomis is amazing. And I, as I was writing the Saturday Slasher, that was the thing that I kind of like, I was like, do I make a Loomis type character? Cause I love that character so much. And it's one of the things that's not in a lot of other films, but, um, you know, I, I decided against it, but I, I also, uh, kind of thought about, the fact that Michael is able to Michael is different than Jason in that Jason is a zombified Frankenstein at, at one point within the series. Um, and Freddie, he's a dream demon. So you can do whatever you want to him and he's going to come back I, well, the thing that I liked about the shape was, is that like he could take a gunshot and get up from it. And there's no reason given for it. I have actually very specific reasons why things could happen to the Sarah slasher and he, he recover from them that are not supernatural um, that wouldn't be revealed until later. But there, there was an idea of like, how would you make yourself the perfect slasher killer? And what would you wear to do that? Um, and we haven't just gotten a, a chance to talk about that, but I, I do, I do like the idea of Michael being something other than just Michael. There's something else at play there in I don't want to talk about the Rob Zombie movies too much, but I I still really like the theatrical version of his remake. And I know that you were like, wow, why are there like 30 F-bombs in two minutes? Well, whatever. I get That's it. my own personal but, taste of that Rob Zombie is like, I want to write a script. Can I just... Like he's like, well, I have all these swear words. All right, just stick it together. Which is, it's going to be weird because this monsters update is going to be the sweariest monsters update you've ever seen. I'm kidding. I don't think it's going to happen. But I, you know, Sherry Moon I, Zombie I, I will, will have nothing say. to say. She'll have absolutely nothing to say. To stand there's Morticia and be like, I agree with this statement, Gomez. I'm very <laughs> interesting. You mean Herman? But I'm very sorry, interested sorry, to see. Sorry, Herman. I, I went Adam's family versus monsters. Yes. My, my apologies. Yes. <laughs> How dare I'm I very, mix my mix my monster families up? Right. Yes. Yes, but I'm very interested to see, you know, what his take is on the monsters, and it's something that I'm like, 
I think that Rob Zombie's actually a really funny guy, and I don't think he gets to show that. That's fair. Because w- when he does put humor in his movies, it's always like this either esoteric humor or it's it's sort of like off. It's, it's uncomfortable sometimes, laughter. Um, and I think that he does that stuff really well. So I'm curious to see him tackle something as mainstream as Munsters. Uh, but again, let's all, you know, cards on the table here, folks. The monsters are not some sort of sacred cows. Do not, do not go on Facebook or Instagram, Twitter, uh, you know, WhatsApp, whatever, uh, to decry them yeah. ruining the monsters. Live because, journal. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it may be important to you, and that's fine. But really, uh, you know, Rob Zombie is somebody who has clearly shown that he loves the monsters. He actually did the commentary years ago or uh, i don't know if it was years ago it might have been the last two years but he did the commentary for monsters go home for shout factory he wrote a song about dragula in the 90s where people were like i don't know what this is and you're like it's the car from the monsters like and it's a cool song yeah yeah and it's a cool song so like i i i I, going back to halloween i actually like his theatrical version of his uh cut of halloween the director's cut I don't like because it involves a rape that is there only to try and escalate things. And I feel like I, I get to a weird place with rape where I'm like, okay, is this really here for shock value or is it trying to say something about this awful thing that yeah. happened to a woman? And if it's there just to make the villain worse, it's like, you don't need it in nope, my opinion. Right. So what and, I guess, so what we're saying, I am cutting you off. I apologize. Uh, no. is that, and I've not seen, I've not seen the second zombie Halloween film. I've not seen that. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure I, growing up, I saw Halloween two, the original Halloween two. I don't recall mm-hmm. a thing about it. So I need to revisit that as well. Uh, but the big thing here is that for a franchise, that's always kind of been like, let's get back to the basics. Let's just have the shape. You know, the night he came home, let's just have him be, I say a force of nature. I don't know if that's entirely the right way to, um, to quantify him. But we actually now have so the, so I, I, what I was saying at the beginning of this month, and for those that are um, still here after all the Apple talk, is that this month was going to be soft reboots uh, to uh, horror films, and this this is kind of a cheat because this is a sequel to a reboot, like kinda. Um, but I don't think that's I don't think that's still too far off the reservation, right? So and this is a weird franchise because. The, like, there, there's enough here that brings people back. They believe there's some money here to be making these movies. And it's like every single time everyone's like, I'm going to do Michael the right way. So let's just do it. Like, and it's so, um, this, this franchise suffers from, um, the lack of continuity that Friday the 13th doesn't have. And also in a lot of ways, the, the nightmare on Elm street franchise has the same continuity too, through the majority of it. Like, this one just keeps, it's like, yeah, that didn't work. Let's just try it again. Cause we can get a Shatner mask with somebody, have them stab people. We're good. You know, like, um, so with that being said, what I want to kind of establish first with you and I, you had more things to say. I apologize. I, I really do. Um, is that we, I don't know if we talked directly about the first Halloween. I think we did. I'm sure we did. It's been 7,000 episodes ago. Uh, I think you ultimately came away with it from a positive out- output of the f- of this new first one, correct? Uh, 
Yes, 2018. Yes. So like, yes, there are things that I was like, eh, I don't know that I'm crazy about this. But overall, uh, and much like Malignant, um, I love the ending of Halloween 2018. I think it's a phenomenal ending. And if they were like, this is the last Halloween movie, I'd been like, fine. This is a great way to go out. Yeah. So with that being said, and then um, with the ending of him, like in the bottom of like, I, th- I think, I think making Lori more of a, you know, I've been victimized. I'm ready. I'm going to be ready. And I thought that was wonderful. So then with that being said too, um, what occurred to me, I, you know, I, like I said, I watched the, 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 this, this original from 2018, I, whatever, the, the newer one from 2018 before watching Halloween kills, like back to back. I thought like, you know, I thought that would be better served, right? Because it's like, I've not seen it. So why not refresh my mind? Um, I liked, I liked the, the other one as well. It's just, there were some things in there that, you know, that do feed into this one, whatever we'll, we'll talk about when we get there. Um, I, I was watching this with a buddy of mine and I, I, I was like, I said a lot, I was like, does Michael even care about Lori? Cause since the, the doctor Sartain brings him to the ha- like closer to the home. Right. And so Michael was just this, like he, he's just going to walk forward. Do you ever get the notion here this entire time? He actually is concerned about her because her importance, her, her like not obsession, but her life has been forever changed and destroyed in a lot of ways by him. Do you think that she's even on his radar? That's my question to you. All right. So the quick answer is no, I don't think she is. I think that that's why they went to the length of wiping out the original Halloween too, and, and taking away that connection of him being her brother. I think that they're like, He's a force of nature. And actually the way this movie ends is specific to that. Like he's not interested in Laurie Strode. The reason he's following her in the original film is because she just happens to drop the keys off of the house or that package. I'm sorry. It's not the patent keys, but he, she slips a, a package through the mail slot and he's happens to be there and he focuses on her. It's not, Uh, And this is a a phrase my wife always says to me, like, it's not always about you. Like, yeah, it's it's not it's not always about Lori. I think that have he just gone on his rampage without being redirected towards Lori, he probably would have just kept going. Yeah, Um, I, I and they make a point in a couple of spots in this film that like Michael wasn't really on his way to see Lori until Sartain intervened. It was that he was on his, uh, a path to his uh, childhood home. Um, so much so that they reiterate that in the end of, of this film, Halloween kills. I do want to take just one yes. quick step back here because I, I, I know that I go off on tangents people and I do apologize. And but, secret burps that we've already established that earlier. Yes. <laughs> Paul's secret burps. I'm tangents. Um, <laughs> that's the worst. That's the worst cop team you've ever heard of. It's like, hey, everybody, you go out there. You got to bust that up. Secret burps and tangents. Like we're on a boss. You know, anyway, continue. Yeah. The, the point that I was trying to make with <laughs> evil the, dies tonight. Anyway, continue. Yes. <laughs> the talk about Rob zombies, Halloween. Cause I, I feel like that's the thing that also people are like holding this movie up against. And they're like, well, at least, you know, it's better than Rob zombies, Halloween. I, again, what I was trying to stress is, is I like his take on Halloween. I like that. He was like, I'm going to try and make this movie my own, but I'm also going to try and stick to what the original is. And he found ways into the story he made. He gave Michael traits 
uh, of someone who would be somebody who is psychotic is not the not the right word, but like somebody who might have trouble with empathy and and understanding that like what they're doing is hurting somebody else. You know, he's somebody who we're presented with at the beginning of 2018. Or I'm sorry, Rob Zombie's Halloween is he's a kid who's hurting animals and he's doing these things. Um, and it's a natural progression. And I know some people are like, well, that takes away the supernatural element. But what I find interesting is, is that he then builds Malcolm McDowell's character into Loomis being like a non-believer and then sort of like, okay, there's nothing mm-hmm. here that I can save. And I think that's interesting as well. I, I, the point that I'm making is, is I'm not somebody who issues the Rob Zombie Halloween. Halloween 2, his sequel... I think there's interesting ideas. I'm just not on board for all of them. Um, so with that in mind, now we can talk about Halloween Kills. That's well, kind of the yeah. point that I was trying but to But what get about, to like, and, uh, for me, not seeing the original sequel in forever, are you are you okay with the second Halloween, the one that came out, like, you know, was it like the early, like late 70s, early 80s? Um, how do you feel about that? For Because, like, again, what we're talking about now is the third sequel to a yes. reboot. Kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. And I know there are a lot of diehard fans who were really bothered by that, but we were at a place at this point where Halloween, after trying to reboot the series as an anthology series, and I honestly, I really hope that Blumhouse tries this again. And I know that they're probably like, it didn't work in 1983, we're not doing it now, but I think that they really could, and I'm not saying they need to remake Season of the Witch, but I, I think that there's a way that they could do an anthology movie every couple of years or every year or whatever under the Halloween title. And then, you know, you Please. do the next yes. Halloween with Michael Myers. You can switch back and forth. You don't have to make it specifically to, you know, whatever the current storyline is. Um, with that in mind, though, I wasn't bothered by them taking back Halloween kills. I'm not that attached to the idea well, no, of him being but, his, her but, sister. Sorry. Let me, let me like the second, the actual second, um, Halloween film, like the one, the earlier one, right? How do you and feel about that? About, versus, 1982's, okay. Yes, okay. Yes. Or 1981's Halloween yeah. too. Yeah. Yes. Uh, again, that's what I'm saying. I'm not that tied to it because, okay. okay. I'm sorry. Uh, that's, I guess I was trying to understand because you started talking about Halloween three and I'm like, yeah, but Halloween two T O O that I don't no, know. And I, I had a point there. Yeah, no, the sorry, point continue. was, was that Halloween two was supposed to be like, Oh, this is, you know, the continuation of the night he comes home. Uh, we reveal why Michael is after Lori and then evil's punished. Michael and Loomis go up in a giant fireball. They try Halloween three. It doesn't work. So Halloween four is, is like, it's 10 years later, which again, I've talked about this in the show. We actually covered yeah, this episode yeah. a couple of years ago. Uh, I love Halloween four. And it was this idea of, you know, Lori is, has died in a car crash. Her daughter still exists. Michael is now trying to establish this uh, connection with her, his niece, and he's now hunting her. And at the end of that film, spoilers for a film from 1988 guys, uh, Michael is quote unquote killed. And we see the young Jamie Lloyd, who is his niece, try to murder her. Uh, uh, I, I was going to say stepmother, but that's not the, she's in foster care, yeah. the foster mother that's taking care of her. And it ends with a very chilling ending that calls back to the original Halloween opening scene. Uh, I love that. Um, five and six, not so much, but the <laughs> point that I'm making is, is I'm not, 
I'm not attached to the idea of her being his brother. So it didn't bother me so much, but so much of H2O, which would then follow part six is like, Oh, we're, we're, we're stepping up to the plate and we're wiping everything else out after Halloween too, which it's like, all right, I guess we're, we're, we're here. We're fine. So I, this is not like a new tactic. This is not them pretending that other movies didn't exist. The, you know, this is very specific to Halloween. I, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, well, Friday the 13th has a very sloppy continuity at no point do they ever like retro, uh, fit or re- retcon other movies. Same thing with Friday the 13th, or I'm sorry, with nightmare on Elm street. It's specific to Halloween where they're like, we just need to keep going back to whatever the original was. And mm. and that's my long way of coming to the point that like do I think it do I really think it's that big of an impact erasing Halloween two? I don't think it was. I don't particularly for the pitfalls that happen in this film happen to be some of the same pitfalls that happen within the original Halloween two. With that in mind, I, I don't know that wiping it out was that wise of a decision, but it's not something that I'm married to where I'm like, well, no, she has to be his sister or else I'm out. Does okay. that answer your question? In a it does, no, no. So like, way? no, but what I'm OK, so um, so you could educate me a little bit going into the actual Halloween Kills portion. But I'm saying that like um, we we um, we get halfway through this new movie where Lori is on. Like, she is under the belief that Michael has been like this thing that is just waiting like for the night he comes home again. Right. And, and then, but we find out like, I mean, I don't know. My vibe from the first film was like, you know, uh, Dr. Sartain was like, I'm an idiot. I'm just going to aim. I'm going to aim this thing and see what happens as you put it like out in the wild. Mm-hmm. So he shows up at this compound and whatever. I, you never get the notion. There's never that pause of him considering who she is in that first film and the mm-hmm. new film. Right. And with this, it's like, she's in this hospital, like convinced he's coming. Right. Because mm-hmm. if he's still alive, he's coming for her. And then like, so like, and I, I don't think that's a bad way to play it. It's just that you said that his whole goal was to always go home. Um, like, and I, I, that's fine too. Like, I'm fine with that. It's just, it just, I just don't know. It's like, I feel like I, I'm not saying it lessens Lori's journey because clearly she was brutalized and almost died. Uh, and she's been ready for all this and has been like, you know, preparing for this. Um, it does kind of shift the focus a little bit, especially in this in this new movie, where I feel like the Strodes, all three of them, take like the back seat to whatever else is going on, and that, that's okay too. But it just felt a little like after the first film being so like tightly entwined to the like the grandmother, the mother, and the daughter, and then they're all kind of like like they're all kind of like pushed aside for yeah. But what about the rest of the town? How, what, let me, so I'll say that. And then I know you could respond to that. Um, it's going to be, this is going to be a six hour show, everybody. But there, I, I believe there's portions in this first part of this film that do take elements from Halloween two and bring it in. And I understand that some people are upset about that, but it's like, I don't know if, if you're saying that like everything, everything's out of balance until they're not, I don't care. Like if you're going to accept some parts of the mythology and roll it into the story, I don't care. I don't know how you feel about that. So I'm not precious about it, but I will say, and I, I think I made this point to you before we started recording. I, I think it's interesting that, you know, they go out of their way to, particularly with 2018's Halloween, to say like Halloween 2 doesn't exist. And there's no connection to Lori and Michael other than she's a babysitter that he focused on uh, in 1978. 
Um, and he never showed up to the hospital and him and Lewis never went up in fire. And he was just originally caught that, that night. So, um, I, I, I certainly understand that take. Um, I don't know that it's helpful to them because this film also falls into specific pitfalls, which is, you know, they could have picked this movie up instead of continuing the night like Halloween two does the original Halloween two, not the Rob zombie Halloween two, but the original Halloween where they're like, you know what? We could have just seen Lori go off believing that, that Michael died um, and healed. And then we've gone into 2019 and seen Michael somehow come back again. And, you know, we could have seen her traumatized by this idea of like, did I really kill it? Did I really kill it? And, and, and everyone else being like, even Karen, her daughter, who is a doubter throughout 2018 saying like, mom, we did it. We did it. And like, I wasn't a believer before, but I was, and I saw us, we destroyed this evil. It's done. And the only reason that Lori has that belief is, is that, you know, she's encountered it, you know, and that's one of the things that I take to this movie to task for is, is the entire town goes into this evil dice night belief. Um, whereas that's really Lewis's belief, uh, of Michael being pure evil, I think 40 years later, a lot of the town just still thinks of it as like he's the crazy guy mm-hmm. who killed a couple of teenagers and his sister. Um, and I don't know that I'm making my point very well here, but the point that I'm trying to make is, is that this movie falls into the pitfall of sidelining Laurie Strode because they're like, well, she's been stabbed in the stomach and we've got to get her to the hospital. And now we've got to also figure out what to do with Allison and Karen and make them important to the story. Um, and they're like, well, if, if Lori is in a hospital bed the entire time, that doesn't make for a very interesting conflict. So we've got to find other challenges and things to come up. And I, I honestly believe that's the entire reason that Tommy Doyle, Lindsay Wallace, and, um, and I'm blanking on her name, but the, the nurse from the original are brought into this story. Um, yeah, like, and so does that make sense? It, it does. That- it, it makes sense. I mean, and I'm not against the idea that like, it's a small town. Like if there was the, this horrible thing that happened and I'm not, huh, the, I, I sound like I'm pulling a frighteners here where it's like, you know, what was the body count from the first um, Halloween? It like compared to the horrors of our life that we now know with like mass shootings and all that garbage, like, like, it doesn't sound like a lot, but every life that's taken by violence is terrible. Right. Right. And I I just want to point this out for you. And I do apologize for interrupting. There is a line at the beginning of the first movie where Allison is walking to school with her friends and she's talking about her grandmother. And like the one friend is like, he killed like what a couple of babysitters and his sister, big whoop. And I'm kind of surprised that that idea was not explored more because it is that thing of like, if you take Halloween two out of the equation again, the 1981 Halloween two, where he continues his rampage. If you're just like, yeah, he killed a couple babysitters in a Halloween mask and his sister clearly not. So like, I don't know that that legend, that's enough for a Netflix documentary, but that's it. You know, like, yeah. I mean, like I, that I'm not, I know I'm being, I know that we've been drinking. I'm being flip and that's not, <sighs> that, that's where we're at we right now, right? Where people can get mowed down at a Las Vegas casino with a gun. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's, you know, a, a, you know, or even a, what happened recently overseas like, where there was that person that took out what seven people with a bow and arrow. Like that sounds like as much as like 
that all, all that's bad. That to me, that sounds way more horrific and purposeful than a gun. Like, you know, mm-hmm. so like I'm not trying to diminish the idea, like a grand here I am talking about like fake murders in a movie versus real life death. And I like, huh, just, just follow me here that like, in terms of like, but you're also writing it for the, the audience who's now like, whether we like it or not, we're in an, a, an era where like we can't escape like the mass violence, the yeah. mass violence that's being reported. I, I certainly don't think that, you know, we lived in an era before 1978 where this violence wasn't happening. We just are hearing about it more because it's everywhere now. We'll yeah. Put it that so way. like in the media. So if nothing ever else happened in Haddonfield for like 40 years, right? Like, which good on them. Congratulations. Good job. You stopped every other babysitter being killed. Congratulations. Like good. Like hooray. I'm happy about that. Um, so there's always going to be that, like the, the, the legend of Michael Myers. And I get that. Um, but I also think it's going to fade. Like, um, when I was watching this, I also kind of made the reference about like my buddy Valentine where it's like, Oh shit, bad things happened here. And people like, and they're still putting out Valentine stuff. It's like, maybe, maybe this is the time that you don't celebrate this holiday. Maybe Haddonfield, regardless of the time and age, don't celebrate Halloween. With that being said though, with Tommy Doyle going to um, the karaoke bar and be like, Hey everybody, we're going to have a good time tonight. However, I'm going to remind you guys of the one time of the one thing. It's like that felt like I need, I know we needed to reset the character to bring him into this film. I get that as a storytelling thing, but it's like, wow, like you're rem- what happened to him and what happened that night? Like in terms of if we, we, we take this in the real world and apply it, like I cannot begin to understand. Um, like <laughs> I, I think we talked about this in the show and this is not the same thing, but uh, a few years ago, you and I recorded an episode, and then later that night after you left, somebody tried breaking into my apartment with um, mm-hmm. with a um, oh, um, ice scraper, ice right? scraper or something to that effect. And they busted windows, and they were coming in, and it was very aggressive and very terrifying. Um, and I, I don't, I don't wish that on anybody. Um, so. Yes, I, I've always I will always remember that it was a very upsetting evening. I don't know why Steve wasn't there to help me out. He already left, but whatever. Um, thanks, Steve. I'm kidding. But like, yeah, like, but you 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 won't find me at a karaoke bar like 40 years from now. I'm be like, hey, everybody, let's let you tell a story. There was one night in Cleveland where a guy took an ice scraper that he wasn't all the way there mentally, and we found out later that he was targeting us randomly for no reason and was trying to break into our house it won't happen tonight. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. Like, it just felt really like four touchdowns in one game. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, they felt like, I mean, I, it just felt a little weird, whatever. It, like, like it just, Tommy was a guy that was angry and upset about life and that he was young and powerless when something happened to him. So going forward, the vibe I get is that he was always looking for a fight because he's looking to win. So he can prove to himself that he can actually overcome a thing that happened. That's the vibe I get from him. And I'm okay with that. And that's fine. I'm okay with that portrayal of Tommy in that regard, the way that you just interpreted it, because I'm going to be honest, I did not uh, interpret it that way before we had this discussion. With Tommy, I felt like he was a character who – 
And the best word that I can use to describe it is, and I was actually going back and forth with a, a mutual friend of ours. And I always say mutual friend, like, you know, Paul and I have friends who are between us, but they're people that came into my life because of Paul. This is a gentleman by the name of James who goes by the name of Grim. I don't know if he listens, so hopefully he doesn't, you know, <laughs> take, take back to the, take umbrage to the fact that I'm spilling the tea on our conversation. But um, we were going back and forth on Messenger um, because I he had posted something about like, uh, his take on Halloween kills. And I was like, Oh, you're not leaving me a lot of room to really respond here. If that's your take. And then he messaged me and he was like, Hey, you know, I, you know, I'm only half joking while I didn't like the movie. I, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then we start talking about the actual logistics of the movie. And I had responded. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I feel like one of the issues is that Tommy is almost overwritten. He's, he's written not as like a real character. He's written like a mouthpiece. Yeah. And that works. If it's Donald Pleasant showing up in a movie, telling everyone else that this character is pure evil and everybody else being like, okay, old man, that's great. Go back to your mental hospital or whatever. We'll patrol the area here. I think actually the speech that he gives in the bar is probably the one that is the most sincere. It's after that where he goes off the rails. Cause well, I'm like, I'm like, I get it. Like his friend tells him, you know, like his friend makes him get on, get on stage. And he starts talking about like, Hey, I just want to say like 40 years ago, this thing happened to me. I survived it. We looked, you know, we're the survivors. We're the ones who survived the evil of, you know, 1978 Halloween. I just want to raise a glass to Laurie Strode. I have no problem with that. I really like that aspect. Can, can of I pitch it, a different take on this that I think would have gotten the point across just as well? And I'm, I know I'm not employed by Hollywood. How about the survivors, the four of them at this bar because it's Halloween and they're going to share a shot and remember what happened. And because it's Halloween theme night, what if somebody goes up on stage to do karaoke wearing a Michael Myers mask and they're making a joke of it? And he's like, nah, you know what? You guys don't understand. We're here because this guy actually killed people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that would be, I can't disagree with you. That's actually a much better take. I actually like that idea. How dare us not being employed, you know, like, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I think that would have gotten the point across where it's like, you could see him already being like, yes, we need to remember those that have like that had died. And we're all, and we're all bound together by this terrible thing that happened. Right. And this is, and this is the one night that we don't want to be out in public, but we don't want to be alone. I think that would speak more, more to the, the victimhood of all of them. I don't know. Maybe it's tropey. I don't know. But uh, anyway, uh, I, I'm and, getting out in the weeds. I apologize, no, but like, yeah. And I think that does that, that's actually apt, and this doesn't really apply to this, but I remember, um, God, I feel like I was in eighth grade, and somebody had like, was making fun of Nazis, and not the idea of like, Nazis suck, but like, just making a fun of like, the ideology, which it absolutely should be made fun of. It's it, It's something that is not good, but more of the threat of of nazism being a real thing and like i remember a teacher being like no this happened this is real and this is awful yeah. so like you know i know that you think it's funny because you're in eighth grade and you know this is 40 years ago now but this is a real threat and a lot of people lost their lives to show respect and I, I, you're absolutely right. I feel like in that respect, had somebody gone up and like made a, a joke about Michael Myers or, you know, like you said, wearing the mask and like doing a song and he took the stage and was like, Hey, you know what? I get it. 
you're young, you don't understand history or not history. Cause that, that gets, well, no, like I think long. it'd be like to me, if I was but writing like, this, I would have, I would have someone in Michael Myers mask singing rocket man, like Bill Shatner. That would have been, okay. Well, that would have been that's, amazing. That's much. Well, no, no. What? Come on. That'd have been amazing. Cause you would have had him wearing the Shatner mask. Come on. That'd been amazing. Anyway, you're right. I it's a bit, it's I, a bit much. I can't right. honestly tell if you're joking or serious at this point. So I'm going to go with serious. I mean, Maybe if you like it, <laughs> no, but either way, it's like if somebody would have been like singing a song or whatever. And then like, even if you did like, what was it? Um, oh, what was it? Um, freaking, um, uh, uh, Rockwell, like somebody's watching me and then like, you'd have somebody come out of Michael Myers thing and then like fake stab them. And that would have been the joke. And then Tommy Doyle been like, Nope, we're not doing this tonight. You know what I mean? Like, I would yeah, have been, you know. And I agree with you. I think that that would actually be very poignant and a, probably a better lead. And I can't, yeah. I, the, the point that I was just making was, is that like, it's after that point that I feel like Tommy goes into, uh, being less of a character and more of a <sighs> cliche is not the right word, but he feels like a trope. he's there specifically to give space certain lines of dialogue yeah, and that's incite fair. violence. I, I've, 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 I've talked about this too much, so I do apologize, but I, the, 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 the it, and you can say, say I'm wrong about this. So, so, okay, let me rewind this back to a second one. I was not expecting like the direct continuity from the first film to the second. So that's good. I think it's a lot of fun. I do think that it doesn't pay viewers that have watched the original a couple of years ago coming right in. It's like, Oh shit. I forgot about half of this. It really helped me a lot to see the first film like minutes before watching the second. Cause everything mm-hmm. was fresh in my mind. So the puzzle pieces could click in better. So that was, that was good. I don't mind that kind of like, Hey, if you're paying attention, this is going to make sense. However, I know because of COVID and everything else, this film was delayed, but it's like, you know, this is a film that it benefits from everybody. You need to go back and watch the first one first, because if it's been a while, there's going to be things you forgot about, especially, um, you know, what was it? Um, the, the young lady's boyfriend who cheated on her kind of with the tiger girl, whatever we see him for the beginning of the film. Um, who he was talking to the, the, the hot tiger girl at the high school dance and the, 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 the granddaughter that blew him off rightfully. So, so we see him wandering around as one half of Bonnie and Clyde. Um, so he, we pick up with him immediately. And then also like, there's the payoffs of like, we, we come across like the two cops in the car with the road flare in their head. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like that's wonderful as well. There's a payoff there. And also the young kid that was being babysit. We see him on TV. I love him. Um, I, like, but there's some payoffs there with that being said though. Um, I, I feel like, um, there is with, with, I think the shift of this movie is yes, the Strode family is important and it is vital because like you said, we got, we got Loomis, we got the Strodes, we got like these follow throughs, which we don't necessarily always get with the Friday 13th. And we don't always necessarily get with the nightmare on Elm streets. We do to some degree with some of them, but the, there is a Strode story here that works for the majority of those films or Strode Jason. Um, that becomes more of a question of this, this town having this trauma and they've never been able to exercise it. So it's easy to have this boogeyman and it's easy to rile people up for this mob justice, which I think is very interesting. I just don't know if it's handled very well in this film. Okay. So yeah, I, I, okay. I was just trying to take all that in. Uh, I know. I talk, again, I talk a lot. That was not a pause. Yeah. I was just trying to, uh, 
because you you brought up a couple of points. I, I going back to the idea of Lori just being somebody who saw evil as opposed to something that's being seeked by evil. I think that that's an interesting idea. And I do wonder how that is going to, and I don't want to talk about too much about like where we're going to go from this film, but I do wonder like, how is that going to play into whatever the inevitable quote unquote end of this trilogy? Or I guess if they were counting the original Halloween in their quadrilogy, like how is that going to play into it? I, I, I'm I'm of two minds. I like the idea of exploring mob violence because I feel like I don't know that there's ever been a story about mob violence that's ended well. Does that make sense? Like where a mob of people got together and were all of one group mind and it ended well. Am I wrong in that? I mean, no, I think, I think you're right. I think even going back to like, um, you know, like the, I will default to like the monsters should do Maple street. You know, I think you're right about that, you know, or Frankenstein, yeah. you know, like, yeah. yes, it, it's usually, it's not usually uh, something that goes well. And I, 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 I really admired them showing, you know, like how wrong it goes, particularly in a place where people are coming to heal, um, you know, that the whole hospital becomes sort of this awful like awful militarized militarized might not be the best word but like vigilante is mobilized is the better word yes uh a vigilante group who are absolutely so convinced that uh you know they're going to stop evil um (laughs) the chant is both cringeworthy and dumb but also apropos where they're like i can honestly see and I don't want to get political here, people, but I can yeah. honestly see a certain political uh, person out there using evil dies tonight as their chant on their uh, platform, to be perfectly honest. I, and this is not I'm not trying to politicize Halloween, but I can honestly see that, like, this is how divided we've become in a lot of, of, of cases with our political ideals. Um, and I could see how that might actually be a thing that could be not that far away from, and I guess I'm showing my cards here by saying make America great again. Um, so that said before the hate mail comes in, um, (laughs) I, I, I think that there's both interesting ideas here, but also ideas that are overwritten and that that's the word that i keep coming back to because i think that you know they're talented screenwriters i think that david gordon green's a talented not only director but writer and i think he knows what he's doing here and there are parts where i want the story to pull back a little bit like the end result of what happens and i guess we should probably you know because we've already given the spoiler warning talk about this there's another person who escaped at the same time Michael did. He's yes. also in Haddonfield, and he becomes sort of – I don't know that you technically call him a red herring, but the town is kind of chasing him, and he's the one who ends up the hospital. Yeah, the penguin. He, yes, the penguin. <laughs> he ends up <laughs> He ends up dying because he has no other choice, and it, it, it's sort of – shows that this mob mentality and this group think is not a pleasant thing. Um, and particularly when, you know, we get, 
we get shots in which Karen, who is Lori's daughter, tries to protect him and she tries to lock him in an area that she thinks is going to be safe. Um, and she sees that go right, and then she sees all the people around her not listening to her, which she's trying to say, this isn't Michael. This is just somebody who has got a mentally has a mental issue who happened to be on the same bus and he escaped at the same time. Um, I, I, I really like that idea. However, when he falls to his death, I feel like it's a look. I, I, I enjoy a good effect as much as the next person. I like gore in the sense of like when it's pulled off, it's like a magic trick. And that's why Tom Savini calls himself a grand illusionist. I get that. But and Tom said he didn't have anything to do with this. I was just making the my brain's like firing off like all different places right now, people. But the idea of this illusion of giving you like this awesome, gory effect and it being realistic, it feels like an illusion where we see the remnants of what happens to this person when he falls. And I felt like that could have been pulled back. Um, and I we haven't talked about this previously, but the artist on. Uh, both 2018, the special effects guy, and uh, Halloween Kills is a gentleman by the name of uh, Chris Nelson and his team, and he's he's top notch. He does great stuff. Actually, I would just recommend people if you are a horror fan or you're following the Halloween franchise. Uh, he's also the guy who does like Nebula's makeup in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, nice. He he did um, all the makeups I think for the Fear Street trilogy that was on Netflix. He's a fantastic artist. Uh, follow him on Instagram. I think it's Chris Nelson FX. And then he's on a podcast with a friend of his who's uh, named uh, uh, Sean Clark, who does Horrors Howling Grounds. And it's a, just a horror podcast, but they talk about fun stuff. And it's uh, um, called The Thing with Two Heads. I would highly recommend following them. And the reason I'm bringing him up is, is that, like, it's it's wonderful work that he did. I am not saying like, oh, he it was an unconvincing effect, but I felt like it was just a bit too much in that that event. I, I thought like, I don't know that I really needed to see that guy just splattered on the ground to get the effect. I'd already gotten the point of this horrible thing happening mm-hmm. to this poor guy who's just unfortunately mentally unbalanced and then trying to escape from being hunted by people. I mean, who it's, it's implied in the first film when we see in the beginning, right? Whenever the, the, the stupid podcasters that are terrible at their job, go out to talk to Michael. Right. And also, I mean, that goes back to Those when, people didn't even talk about apples for 45 <laughs> minutes. of the podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the podcasting recorder, you, I have, I have the same one. You've seen it. It's my task game recorder. You, if you think you're going to get clean audio walking outside with all the wind whipping around and, and aiming it like 10 feet away, from somebody with their back turned to you, you're terrible at your job. Congratulations. But um, no, like whenever they first confronted Michael and then they held up the mask, it's like, like, how do you feel about this? Whatever. And it's like, he's not turning around like whatever anyone, but then off to the left, you see the penguin with his umbrella. um, And it's like, meaning that the, the five, six people that are out there during the sequence are troubled individuals um, and they're beyond help, but they're, you know, like, so, I'm not saying that this guy, like, 
his, his death is terrible. And like, cause he didn't do the things that Michael did. We don't know his background. Right. So I'm glad that they didn't just be like, well, that guy, you know, he, uh, tried to choose Batman's nose off. So we put him in Arkham or whatever. Like, I don't know. Like <laughs> he, um, uh, you know, I don't know. Anyway. Um, but it's like, I don't know. It just, it, it works, but it doesn't because like, if you're paying attention, whenever he gets in the car outside the bar, and drives it into like a telephone pole or whatever, a dumpster. And then he leaves his umbrella behind like that, that anybody paying attention understands that that's not Michael. Uh, Michael only d- prefers station wagons versus these cars. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, I didn't mind that as like, Oh, this poor guy. I mean, who knows what he's done, but he didn't do this. Right. And then there's that mom mentality whenever he throws himself to his death and everyone's like, Oh, and everyone's like, how do you know? It's not Michael. I'm like, I don't know. He's three feet shorter. It's Danny DeVito. You killed Danny DeVito. How do you feel about that? You know, like, I don't know. It, just, it, it would have felt better to me if whoever was like lumbering around would have been similar in size and shape to the shape. At least that would have felt a little bit more merited. That's a nitpick, but it bothers me. No, I, I don't think that's an unfair nitpick. I think though that, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's this line of, you know, what people know and what they wouldn't know, you know, yeah, but it's I, like I feel Schwarzenegger like, with twins. It's like, which, okay. You got, you got Schwarzenegger, you got DeVito. It's like, I don't know. I don't know about them, you know, <laughs> but it's 40 years later. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm I willing mean, to let that one you do go. shrink a I'm little bit saying- as you get older, like three feet shorter. I feel like we're back to like the malignant days. I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I just, sorry. I I, I apologize for that. But here you, you, you here, write the ship. Tell me like, so the big thing here, and this is going to tie into our game later. um, Ultimately you did like this film. You felt that there was problems. I know that you felt that there was problems with the original film. So yeah, when you say the original, I'm assuming you're talking about 2018. So yes, I, I had, as much as I enjoyed that film, yes, I had problems with it. Um, and I don't think I've mentioned this previously. Uh, 1978's Halloween is my all-time favorite horror movie. So I probably should have just said that earlier when you were trying to ask me about, like, differentiating between the other two biggies of, of Freddy and Jason. Uh, but, yes, the original is my favorite. And um, that said, I did still have issues even though I enjoyed the hell out of 2018, there were certainly things that I did not dig as much as I did others. So, okay. So with that being said, um, going into this, like you, you came out the other end with a, um, a different opinion than a lot of people that we know. And I'm not, I'm not trying to start fights or whatever. Like people like what they like. They, they don't like what they don't like. Um, there's been a lot of uh, hot take tossing around the sequel and, mm-hmm. Um, you, you were surprised by people's takes on this. Like, so I guess, cause you knew that I know there's a thing now with movies where it's like, there's now the first one was good and now we're going to make two more. It's like, see, I don't like that. It's automatically assumed that the second film is not going to like round off the edges and be like, it's its own thing. I think that's kind of garbage that just sets up like the third one, which again, I could enjoy films as a trilogy, but I don't like the notion of like, well, the first one was good. Now you have the right to not finish the story in the second one or complete the chapter. Um, mm-hmm. My question to you is, did they, did they successfully like complete this? And if, and if this was the end of the series without knowing that Halloween ends is coming next year, 
would this have been satisfying to you for this two films? And do you think that the second film operates on its own as a sequel? Ooh, that's a very good question because, uh, leading up to this, I tried to stay as spoiler free as possible, but one of the, whenever the first screenings came out, I, I feel like it was either like Venice or somewhere. It, it wasn't on in the States here. There was no. some sort of screening that happened, uh, that, you know, it was like, Oh, first, you know, screening for critics, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of the takes that I would see was like non-spoiler reviews. It was like, and yes, I guess you can call them hot takes, but you know, they, they got, they varied between like, uh, you know, this movie is excessively gory, um, which I both agree and disagree. I feel like there is a lot of gore in this movie, but I've also seen much more. So I prefer, and, and as somebody who enjoys gore, I, I do like it to be a little bit pulled back in my Halloween movies, but for some reason I appreciate it when it's more excessive in a, a Friday the 13th. I don't know. I'm, I'm a puzzle people, but the, the, the takes that I was seeing a lot of them were, this doesn't feel like it's ending as a sequel. It feels like it's ending with the continuation being the next movie. And I don't know that I can de- necessarily disagree with those takes, but what I did initially think of was um, both. Uh, I, I believe it's matrix reloaded that just matrix reloaded. My memory of it is just feels like it's end. it ends and you're like, am I watching a TV show? Like it just, it felt like it ended and like, cause we've all had that experience of watching TV and like, you're like, I don't know that they're going to wrap this up in the next five minutes. This is almost over. And then they're just like, you know, to be continued. <laughs> And, and I feel like the Matrix uh, Reloaded, which was not a movie that I disliked, but I feel like that ended in that way. I felt like it was like to be continued came on the the screen. And there's, I don't remember which Hunger Games movie it is. It's probably the one that they broke up into two books. But it literally ended when I, we're, we're watching it, and I was like, wait, what? What just happened? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was it the, ended. The last one was it? Um, uh, Mockingjay. It was it the yeah. part one and part two. It's like, no, here you go. Deathly Hollows part one, whatever. Yeah. And, and I'm like, well, this doesn't feel like a complete film at all. It was just like, we're like, well, we're at a breaking point. We're just going to stop. And I do. And again, cause I can't not talk about Star Wars people. I, the bar that I always hold for that idea is, is the empire strikes back. It's a middle chapter, but it's also a satisfying story on its own. It's a story that ends saying like, there's more to come, but you can watch the empire strikes back and feel Like, you got a full movie. And I I don't necessarily feel like I didn't get a full movie here. Like, I'm not saying that if this was like, this is the last Halloween movie and this is how it ends, it'd be like, well, I don't like this ending. But (laughs) at the same time, I I didn't feel like I didn't get a, I guess it's like getting a complete meal. I don't feel like I didn't get enough to feel like, oh, I, I got enough out of this movie to enjoy it as its own thing. But I do feel like it, it ends on a note where I don't necessarily feel like I have to see three to complete it. Okay. Does that I, make sense? No, that makes sense. I just feel like the first one ended on such a button, right? I felt like that was like, all right, the, if this never, if we never revisit this again, this is, this is a great way to, to round it out. And I think that also gave them a wonderful, um, it's what, what do we call that? Uh, a locked room scenario. Like, and I, I'm mm-hmm. not going to go right back to the beginning, but it, like how, how he got back out was great. Right. But with this too, it's like, 
all right, well, he is um, still out and about and um, they're still the, now, now it's become personal and now, I mean, not that it wasn't personal before with Lori, with, with, with Jason, but it's like over the course of the night, um, she's now lost her uh, son-in-law and now her daughter. Like now it's become like, now it's coming home for her. And I think there's, I think there's a big deal there, right? I think there's an importance there. Um, and like, I, I think it's like, so I here here I, today, before you and I started recording, I went back through and kind of, um, like I, I didn't watch every single minute. I kind of like was trying to revisit like the bits and pieces, like the last 20 minutes I wanted to revisit because I'm like, did I get this? Like I, not that I'm saying this film was like, like, you know, like a brain twister, but it's like, did I catch what was going on here? Because like, like when I revisited the, the first one, meaning the 2018 one, um, it played better for me after I kind of, I already knew where it was going, meaning the Dr. Sartain stuff and like kind of like that weird bullshit going on. The movie, yeah. the movie was like, all right, well, the podcasters aren't meant for this world. That's great because they're f- shitty podcasters. I swore. So I'll, I'll beat myself later. Like they're terrible podcasters. They don't nearly get as drunk as I hope they would. Um, but anyway, like they're terrible people and they, they get killed early. So I'm like, great. That, that I felt like they were supposed to be a through line in the, the, the movie the first time through. They weren't. This time through, it's like, I know they're going out early. I'm good with that. Dr. Sartain's a piece of shit the entire time. I know that too. Like, it's just, you know, like that, that helps me, that helps me understand that like he is just trying to bring, cause he is, um, too close to it. And he's like, Michael's this thing I need to examine and understand what's going on. So I'm going to bring him to Lori to see how they interact. It's like, it's like, um, bringing, um, what was it? Um, like two, um, Oh, like was it the fighting fish together? It's like, oh, come on, fight! Just do it. Just see what happens, right? And and with this one, it's like I, I watched it again today, mostly. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to shortchange you or the audience, but I wanted to kind of be like, did I catch everything? And I think I did. I think that there's a bigger story here about like this town being hurting and also guilt because there was the one, um, the was the one um, sheriff or deputy or whatever. I forget his name. You're, you're telling me right now. We find out earlier he tried to kill Michael, but missed and killed another, you know, another person. So he's had this guilt. And then at the end, whenever like, well, not the end, but the, like we find out in flashback that he stopped the death of Michael because he's like, this bloodshed ends now. Like we don't need to kill everybody. That brings a different element in this and that's fine. Um, I, but that also feels like this town has been ashamed of this. And they're all ready. They're all at the ready to try to kill Michael. And I think that's kind of, I think it's interesting too. I just don't know if it's handled very well. And the notion that like, he's gotten this beat down of all the beat downs has gotten all the stabs in the world. He's gotten, he's gotten poked more with a knife than like, you know, I don't know, um, a, a carved ham at like a buffet at golden corral by the time we're done with all this. Uh, he's also what he's like, what in his sixties at this point, I, are your organs working so good? I don't know. Just tossing it out there, but whatever. Anyway, he ends up surviving the beatdown and, and ends up like mon- like moving on and killing the daughter. Um, and I'm okay with all that. Um, I don't understand why Karen Karen's the daughter, right? That's um, Judy Greer. That's Judy her name, Greer. Right? Yeah. Yes. Why? Why do we start focusing on her whenever um, the, the the one guy who has the guilt as like the deputy? That is like, yeah, he was looking in the mirror, the reflection at Michael's house and just like, you know, we, what was he seeing? And then she sees a young Michael upstairs and then she goes up there and looks in the window that she's looking out. I don't like, 
we never once got that she had the same murderous tendencies that Michael did, but we're supposed to kind of slap that on there. We're supposed to kind of slap on that. Lori's like, Oh, the more he kills, like the, 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 the more devastating he becomes, which she's also kind of the more sense is what she says. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's also this kind of thing of like fear is a bigger enemy. And I get that she's speaking on two sides of it. Like, I feel like this film's also trying to hint at a supernatural thing that they don't pay off. That that's, I'm not, I, I like this. I didn't like it as much as the, the 2018 one. I thought it was perfectly okay, but I feel like it was trying to have its cake and eat its too, eat it too. And I don't know if I agreed with that. So there, there's my, that's my big thing, Steve. I'm, just, I'm throwing that out there. So, okay. So there's a lot to unpack there. Um, and you know, as, as somebody who's gone off on numerous tangents during this episode, I'm going to try not to, um, the biggest one I think that I'm going to focus on though, is, is that I did not take it as that Karen is somehow, interpreting the shape i think that she's just looking into that window and i saw her seeing the 10 year old boy as her trying to understand and seeing this thing up in the window and then she goes upstairs and maybe it's the way her brain interprets it what she saw but i think she's trying to understand what it is that this evil is and and why it exists um and again this is this goes to the genius of John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. And I, I also just want to point this out here. Uh, if you're listening to any podcast where they're reviewing the original Halloween or the series and they don't mention Deborah Hill, shame on them. Um, Halloween is as much of Deborah Hill's as it is John Carpenter's, in my opinion. So I just wanted to throw that out there real quick. Um, uh, Deborah Hill worked on the script with Carpenter. She worked with the characters. She she was far more than just being like a line producer. She she was just as involved in the process. Mm. So um, the reason that I bring that up is, is that I, I feel like uh, the idea here is, is that the movie Halloween you know, when they were scripting it, the way that Carpenter and Hill wrote it was is that like Pleasance is the is the audience viewpoint and not audience viewpoint, but there he's the one he's Mr. Exposition in that movie, which is not always easy. But like he's what brings Michael to be more than just a person. He's become a shape. Mm-hmm. He's become something else. And Without that element in these other movies, I don't know that it works as well. Sartain certainly didn't understand that Michael was something other than just a crazy human being. Um, Tommy Doyle, who has been a survivor, spouts Loomis-like things, but without having you know the knowledge that Loomis would have had. Loomis is somebody who meets a six-year-old boy and then works with him for years and years and years and realizes at a point that, like, there's nothing left for me to touch. He's He's got the devil's eyes. There's something pure and evil in him. And I'm a believer because I've seen it firsthand. I get that Tommy Doyle has seen it firsthand, but I don't know that he hasn't experienced it the way that Loomis would have. So going back to Karen, I feel like she looks up there and whether she sees Michael or not, I interpreted that as her picturing Michael more than her actually seeing it. And, and if we're to believe that, like, she's seeing a reflection of six-year-old Michael standing in the window, fine. But she goes up there to just see what Michael would might have been looking for. 
And that ends up being her end, if you will. Uh, and I don't mean to be punny and be like, oh, Halloween ends. Ha ha. And that's how this movie ends. Well, no, Halloween but I just kills mean that like, it's her undoing yeah. Yeah. is basically her trying to understand this evil is the way I interpreted it. So I had less of an issue with it. And I didn't see it as her having the same tendencies. I think it's her trying to understand because what I loved about 2018's her version of 2018 is that like she just thinks her mom's crazy, even though yeah. she's been brought up to like be a survivalist herself. There's a great moment in 2018 where Karen has the gun and she's like, oh, my mom, I can't do it. I can't do it. And Michael's just sort of like lumbering for it. And then she just fires the gun. She's like, yeah, gotcha. I love that moment. No, it's a, it's a wonderful moment. It, it, it still pays off. It feels so good in that first yeah. film. Yes. And, uh, and I, I just want to say this, too, because, you know, uh, as much as I love Jamie Lee Curtis and I think everybody in this movie is top notch, even Anthony Michael Hall, who I feel like Tommy Doyle is overwritten. He does a great job. But Judy oh, Greer yeah. is amazing in not only this film, the previous film and pretty much everything she does. I don't know that I've walked away from something that Judy Greer is in. Or I'm like, boy, she's really phoned it in. I feel like she's an actress who doesn't get enough notice a lot of times. I think Judy Greer is amazing. And uh, I was very happy to see, I, I was unhappy to see her end in this film, but I was very happy to see her give it a little bit more to play with. That's true. But I, so two things I'll point out is one, if you look at the, the image, like the, like the quote unquote poster for this, where you see her and Jamie Lee Curtis, like her sweater has been airbrushed to hide that she's been wearing a Christmas sweater for two films. Which See, I think that's funny. bullshit because that's what makes her arc so great in the first film. <laughs> yeah, because she just wants to skip right on to Christmas, right? So Halloween yeah. kills Christmas, which I know Steve's all about. But all right, so that's the... <laughs> I just, um, and also like uh, with Anthony Michael Hall, it's like, I wanted to be like, I wanted to just have a flashback of him just being pissed off at Emilio Estevez being the jock in um, Breakfast Club. <laughs> well, you made me write that, that essay. You made me write that for five of us. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've already seen the the Breakfast Club memes with uh, dialogue replaced with uh, uh, Halloween dialogue. So well, we just even, to let you know, that's our thing. Um, we didn't even see, we didn't even talk about, uh, was it Kevin, uh, Kevin, uh, McDonald? Um, yes, yeah. which I didn't get when you sent me the, uh, <laughs> the meme that I sent you. The meme at yeah, first yeah. is like, Oh, the mad TV character. I get it. Ha, ha, yeah, yeah. No, it's him. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I, it quickly, like the next day clicked in my mind. I'm like, Oh, so yeah. Yeah, it just it just I I like again. There's there's comedy in this, and I, I think Kevin McDonald, I think it's his name, um, is is wonderful, and I think he does a good job in this as well. Um, but it was just great because you just see um, the guy who played Stewart in uh, Mad TV playing, you know, whatever the role he was. So with that being said, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put two things to you before we get to the game because I think the game is also gonna speak more to your frustration with other people's reactions to this film. Also, we're hmm, almost at three hours. Uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, my apologies. Uh, that's me too. I talked about apples for what seven hours. Uh, but uh, two things: one, um, like, did you ultimately like this movie? And two, what was your favorite kill in this? Because I have a favorite kill. Oh, um, wow! My favorite kill of this. I hadn't even really thought about it in those terms. Um, I, I really like the car because it's, it's a series of kills. I love the car sequence. And yes, 
it brings back the hands breaking the glass of the window from top of the car uh, that we that we know that shot so well from the first film or the original, I should say. Um, but I love how a riot goes. Uh, and it also goes to, to show that, like, you know, this argument that, like, everyone should have a gun. And then everyone would be equal. It's like, no, there are a lot of people who get a gun in their hand. They don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> right. Um, I, I love that moment. Um, I loved. Uh, and again, you know, I, I realized that uh, if you time it out, there's probably not enough time for Michael to pose the bodies with the mask on the carousel <laughs> with the candy. I get it. It's a leap in logic. But good God, do I love that shot when. You know, Anthony Michael Hall's Tommy Doyle and I believe uh, Allison show up and they're investigating the scene and they're looking for Lindsay and like the bodies are strung up and it's very much Michael Myers where he's posed them in specific positions and it just helps that they're also wearing the silver shamrock masks from yes. Halloween three. It's an added bonus, but I, I love that entire sequence. I love the fact that, you know, you got people who think they know what they're doing with guns, not being at, proficient with them at all. And actually that plays pretty majorly into this film because not only is it apparent in this scene, but you have a cop who's very young who uh, can't hit the broad yes. side of a barn with his gun, uh, which is very defiant to a lot of movie logic where people, you know, suddenly are given a gun and they're able to hit everything. Like this is a trained cop who's unable to hit a lot of the targets that he's shooting at. And whether you can say like, Oh, he's shooting at the shape and that's why he's not hitting his target. Or he just say like, he's just a terrible shot. Yeah. There's, there's a certain amount of love. Like when Michael would approach people and they have a gun, he's just like bap and just swats it away. Or he yeah. just like, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, you do have a, you have stopping power, but you, you know, you're not going to use it right. Like, I don't like there's, there's so much there where it's like, yeah, that's great. Um, when, uh, the kid in the house, uh, what this name, the, 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 the former boyfriend, how he ends up, uh, getting wrecked against like the, the, oh, um, the that's banister. Yeah. That's very reminiscent of, um, of, of high tension. And it's so great. But my favorite kill, uh, I guess, <laughs> and I did like this movie. I did. I like it as much as the, the initial Halloween. no, um, do I hope that when we get some payoff in this next one, sure. Not pay, payoff's not the right word. Um, can I get a satisfying collusion to the collusion conclusion to the Strode storyline with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, all that I'm hoping and ha- I mean, it's called Halloween ends. I'm going to bet it is whatever. I think this is perfectly okay. Like, I think it was, it was fine. I gave the first one, four stars on letterbox. This one's three, you know, like, I think that's fair, but whatever. Um, my favorite kill is early in the movie where the, the couple that's living in the house where the, the, the lady has the drone flying around when Michael takes the fluorescent light tube and just shoves it in her neck. Because while I was watching that, I was like, that's some Nick Gage trying to kill David Arquette bullshit going on there. So I would hope you would appreciate that, Steve. Because I did appreciate that, but I also love the moment where like her husband I was like, there's somebody in the house and like, he's trying to get away. And like, he says something effective, like, I don't remember if it's called the police or whatever, but like, she says something and he's very matter of fact, he's like, yes, like there's somebody in her house. Like he, 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 his delivery was really funny. That was fun. Uh, yeah. But like the light bulb, the, the light tube to the neck. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Yeah. It was some, some um, bad and business. He, Michael is far more brutal in this. And, 
Um, I, the last thought that I'll share on the Strode storyline, I feel like it, uh, I could be talking out of my ass. You, you know, who knows? I don't know any more than anybody else, but I feel like there is a line in this film that tells us what's going to happen at Halloween ends where uh, Laurie is talking with the uh, sheriff who was the one who let Michael live um, in his regret in letting evil live. And she mentions that, like, you know, I don't know what's going to stop him. Maybe we both have to be gone in order for this thing to die. I think that's what we're going to get in Halloween ends. I, I'm I, I can't say for sure, but I feel like we're going to see Lori take down the shape in a way that they're both gone forever. And yeah, because she's like, I'm going to end this with like me killing me and him killing. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's very valid. Right. So I think you're right about um, that. And the uh, other yeah. thing I wanted to mention real quick, and I do apologize because I said this would be the last thing. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to, to mention real quick, uh, there is flashback footage to uh, Dr. Loomis. That is new footage that was filmed. Uh, for those of you watching at home that think that that is CGI, it's actually a mask, which is crazy. Well, they found they uh, found a guy that was similar looking, right? And they put him in the place, mm-hmm. and they had another person dub the voice, which they used in the first film to do the audio log and it works. It worked. Like I went back and watched, like, again, I watched it again today. Like it's so good. Like it works Notice really, really well. Dead. That's the only thing that told me it wasn't Donald Pleasant's onset. We'll yeah. put it that way. And he wasn't just yelling at kids, you know, whatever. Yeah. No, it was good. It was really, really good. So no, like, um, yeah, I think this film is, it's fine. I guess it's also kind of, there's based upon the heap, uh, heaping upon the notion of like, well, you better finish this, but you know, like, I don't know if it deserves the ire, but like, that's going to tie into the game, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. So yeah, there we go. So, um, I liked it. Um, and I'm hoping for, for a more satisfying conclusion. That's when we'll land on that. Uh, I done talking cause I was burping. So there you go. Yeah. I, my apologies. You stopped talking and I was not ready for it. Okay, so. There we go. There we go. That's, that's the theme of the night. So, all right. Yeah. Um, there you go. Yeah. So I, it sounds like you dug it, um, you know, problems aside, you know, but <laughs> how many Halloween films have been made that have problems? Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> honestly, most of them, most of them uh, after yes. the first, you yeah. know, um, I think it's really a pick your poison kind of a thing. And once we get into the game, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly yeah. get into this. And I, I, I did want to frame this discussion as to like, as critics of film. And actually I don't consider myself a film critic. I don't know where you fall. Um, I, I, I do wonder like how much of our personal emotions come into, uh, the way that we actually review films. And, I'm not saying it should be a soulless, joyless, you know, unemotional uh, track that we take to review things, but it is one of those things where, in seeing those uh, reviews that we talked about, where I'm like, "Wow, I, I think I'm just as invested as these other people," but wow, these takes are really not at all what I was expecting. So, and we'll get to that when we get. Well, to yeah, the but end. so um, we'll get to the wrapping up here. I think that um, it's. We don't get paid to do film criticism. We didn't go to college for that. I mean, maybe we, maybe you did. I don't know. Um, but um, I think it's one of those things where it's like the, the we've been doing this for a long time. Uh, we're getting close to 300 episodes. 
um, and you've been with for, with me for most of it. Um, I think that there's a critical eye that develops that it, it's separate from our enjoyment of a thing. So like, like, um, we'll, we'll go back to our discussion about malignant where it's like, we could have a critical discussion about something, but does it still scratch that itch? And did we like it? I think there's a big, I think there's a, I think there's able to, there's a way to have like two minds of something. So I think it's fair to be like, yeah, it worked for me. However, I think that, I think that's perfectly acceptable or I can understand what was going on and I can appreciate this, but it didn't work for me. I think there is, I think that's perfectly fine. But I also think that because doing a podcast, um, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like every amount of media I consume, even if it's just for fun, I constantly have that thing in the back of my head of like, does this make sense? Is it stitched together? Am I invested? What's going on versus like turning off my lizard brain and being like, I'm going to have a good time with this. I, I, I'm kind of hardwired now. And, and maybe that's the curse of content um, consumption for discussion. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I just think that there's a way to balance the two where it's like, yeah, 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 I have this, but shh, shh, shh. I'm just going to watch this for the, like, that's why I always try to give things a first time watch and kind of like try to keep it at bay. That's why I wanted to revisit Halloween kills. Today. Like, is, are my initial feelings, are they right? Or is there something else I'm missing? You know? So I'm talking too much, but I think that's where you and I both land on, like in terms of content consumption. Yeah. And I'll say that sometimes I reward things that make me forget about those questions. Well, good. You know, in, in, in the regards to, you know, I, I mentioned this with our malignant review, you know, I re-listened to that episode where, you know, you were like, but what about this? And I'm like, I don't know. And then you'd be like, what about this? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> what about this? I don't know. And I'm like, I don't know. It gave me a third act that really kicked ass. And, you know, maybe upon reviewing, I'm not going to enjoy it as much, but I was able to forgive every problem that you had with that movie. Cause I'm like, I don't know. Guy walking around backwards, murdering people for our <laughs> girl walking around, murdering people for a solid, like 20 minutes in like the craziest fashion possible. I reward it. So yeah, I, I just, I think that sometimes emotion and criticism are hard to separate. And I that's think fair. that that's what our game is going to show. Yeah. Fair enough. So, all right, let's just get to that. So everybody uh, tell us your thoughts and feelings about Halloween kills on our Facebook page is invasion of the podcast. You can email us directly at invading podcast, gmail.com, wherever you find your podcast rate and review us. It'd be great. If you enjoy this conversation that goes on for, I don't know, seven to eight years per each episode, let other people know. Uh, the more the merrier. If you're like, great, I liked all I liked all the Apple talk, but not all the Halloween talk. That's fine too. Like, you know, there might be more Apple talk later. I don't know. We'll see what happens with my trees. I don't know. But you can find us on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> um and, and Steve, how can people find you? And I know you're between um houses and things, but uh the night that you come back to your new house, like how can people yes, find you? Yes. You you can find me on the Slasher.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook on the Saturday Slasher. Uh right now the Etsy store is technically uh, quote unquote on vacation because I'm in the middle of a move. But uh if you're listening to this in the future, you can order your comics from there if you want to read the comic. Uh and then the last thing that I'll say real quick is is that uh uh, El Goro recently covered uh, Halloween and Halloween Kills on his yes. show, uh, Talk Without Rhythm. I've not listened to those because I did not want his, because I'm sure that, you know, he probably made great points that I did not want to As come the, up with. My, I've not like, listened to those as well because I was like, oh shit, you said it better than me. And I just didn't right. want to like, copy his podcast and drop it in ours <laughs> and be like, all right, guys, 
We're out for I an hour want, plus. I didn't want to listen to it and be like, I stole this from El Goro. And this from El Goro. And this from El yeah, Goro. Yeah. Guys, yeah. just listen to that episode. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm sure that uh, I'll be listening to it this weekend. And I'm fairly certain that uh, he probably gave a little least a more of an in-depth uh, description of the storyline than we did. <laughs> I mean, you know, so it goes, right? So uh, uh, I'm going to guess that his... Um, Oh, look, what was his outro song? Oh, he picked a different one. All right. We have a different one for our, <laughs> like there. So yeah, go check that out. Like I mentioned previously, please, 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 please go check out his 31 days of Halloween. He's been doing this for 12 years where each day in October, um, uh, here, <laughs> um, Steve, do you want to do your best old Goro here about, uh, about his Halloween films or should I try my best about his? Oh, uh, you try. Uh, I, <laughs> I wish I had a voice. Oh, I do not have that voice. Um, I don't have it. It's not enough that like, he's got like an awesome beard and like, he looks like he could rip me in two if he needed to. Yeah. Uh, But then he's got this like super deep manly voice that I could never affect. Yeah. He, um, so it's, it's his 31 days of Halloween and he's been watching a film that he has never seen. And that's, that's, that is a terrible (laughs) imitation of his. So go check it out. He recently covered and his, uh, he covered trilogy of terror, which you and I both talked about on this show a couple years ago. So go check that out. It's wonderful. I describe his 31 days of Halloween as the fun size podcast. Like they're like 20 mm-hmm. minutes. It's easy to just burn through them versus our uh, share size. <laughs> podcast that we right. do it's a lot of fun and also everybody we've been talking about halloween we talked about Candyman. um go 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 over to at the devil's ball they've done a lot of more deep dives into the sequels and the series of those films go check them out um and we're gonna like we'll talk about what we're doing next and um, spoiler they're gonna be involved in some fashion but yeah they've been having a lot of talks and a lot of fun there so yes and then i'm gonna throw a shout out here to uh the other show that i do with my other podcast husband terry on strange highways we have been watching the um, the uh, Shutter. I was going to say Chiller, <laughs> Shutter original series Creep Show season three has been uh, on on there. We've been a few episodes into that. Uh, if you guys want to like, listen to our commentary that we're doing um, a watch through of each episode of season three, go check it out. Strange Highways. It's getting um, fun and weird. Um, yeah, that's what I'll say about that. It's fun and weird. Time to play the game. All righty, so tonight's game here, I'm going to jump in real quick here, but I wanted to mention uh, before we did this, uh, we were talking about uh, Peacock being like having, not only having a lot of great content, but also particularly in this Halloween season, not only just having Halloween kills, um, because Halloween... Or because, I'm sorry, not because Halloween is owned by Universal. My apologies. Because Peacock is owned by Universal, they have all the Universal monster movies on there. And uh, I was just looking that over uh, as we were going into the game. And there's easily at least 20 Universal monster movies that are also streaming on Peacock right now. Um, And if you're like me, I like a taste of the old horror too with my new uh, when I'm getting ready for Halloween. So I would highly recommend checking that stuff out. So on to the game Uh, with the game tonight. uh, One of the things that I kept running into with Halloween kills was, is that I was seeing a, a lot of people having hot takes about Halloween kills that happened to remind me of a certain middle film within a sequel trilogy 
of another popular franchise. And Austin Powers, I, the spy that shagged me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, but the reviews that I was seeing within uh, our friend group and online, a lot of them seem to tend to feel very much like uh, reviews that I saw of The Last Jedi. And I'm not saying that one is less valid than the other or more valid than the other. I just thought that there was an interesting correlation um, because I feel like the folks who were in the horror horror, uh, community who might champion The Last Jedi had takes very similar to the people that they would come up butt up against to on on that film. And I'm not saying one is a superior quality. I'm not saying that one is less um, rife for criticism. I'm just saying that there were a lot of similarities. And so tonight I constructed a game where I just I wanted to ask Paul, is this review that I'm going to read to him a review of The Last Jedi or Halloween Kills? <laughs> This will be fun. I, but Steve, like credit to Steve. I, I, I um, he has uh, made some games back to back weeks, and I appreciate his efforts and his works. When he told me the the concept for this game, I was I was delighted because um, I like I know Steve, and we're gonna get into this. I know that you have a um a nuanced and conflicted view of the Last Jedi. Um, so I thought it'd be wonderful to be like, oh, let's just bring some other things that Steve loves in here that he's conflicted about. Let's just, yeah, let's just read all these, uh, <laughs> uh man, baby reviews of these films. So yeah, please, 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 <laughs> that, please let me drink it's, some tears. That's what I want. And some of these are very short and to the point. So they're not even like serious critiques, but I'm just curious to see if you can tell if this is a last Jedi review or Halloween kills review. Okay. So, uh, let's start with the first one here. Not a great sequel to what was a decent trilogy starter. This film is too stuff for its own good and tries to ask the viewer to buy into its serious themes while expecting the viewer to suspend belief at some of the later leaps in logic. So which film would that be? Last Jedi or Halloween Kills? The Last Jedi. Oh, sorry. That's a Halloween Kills review. Okay. So if that that one right there, I think that is probably the epitome of of what I was talking about with uh, the two films, I feel like um, it's the same criticism, but I think it's just so odd that it's being leveled uh, from different communities against a film. Well, but right. at least at least that feels um, like at least written from a point of like honest criticism as opposed to anger or dismissal. yeah. No, I don't, yeah. I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it's not an anger one. We'll get into some anger. Oh, ones. please, so, please, anger. yes. Um, so, um, okay, so uh, this next one here, um, this might be an angry one. I, mm-hmm. I'll let you decide. Written by a Steve to, K. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> I'm going to edit this one uh, slightly. Uh, this is the worst effing movie I've ever seen in my life. Now, keep in mind, people. They're saying that this is the worst movie. They've not seen a movie of lesser quality than this film. They've here. not seen a, what was it? A Hellraiser Bloodline? Not sorry, Revelations. Uh, Debtor? Oh yeah, no, Revelations. No, Revelations. You made me watch that as a Netflix Wheel of Death years ago, right? That's one of them. I think it was um, Revelations. So they've mm-hmm. not seen that, uh, and that's that. That's the review. That's it. You just told me like the, what you said. Yep, there. that's the review. It's <laughs> it's the worst movie they've ever seen. I'm going to say it's a Halloween Kills review. That is correct. Yes, that's a Halloween Kills review. So, 
for them, Halloween Kills is now the low bar for them. So no matter what movie they watch, it's the movie they're going to judge it as the worst. I mean, you've thing never ever. seen the Velocipaster. Come on. Look, I've watched lots of terrible movies. I don't honestly know that I can honestly say what the worst movie that I've ever seen is because there are plenty of terrible movies that I enjoy, um, partially because of like I enjoy the earnest earnestness that went into making them, or I can see the seams, but I'm like, you know what? They really tried, and I get what they're making here, and I'm involved in the tone. But I, I've seen some shit, people. <laughs> I, I, I have sat through some Neil Breen, and I, I don't well, need him as my barometer. Uh, I'm well, just saying. Whoa, 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 that, whoa. Like, He's an artist and a genius, <laughs> and, and, and a delight. No, I, no, Neil Breen's films are garbage. That, they're garbage, but they're singular visions. And I think there's a different, a different definition yeah, there. Yes. And there's an earnest to us, earnestness to them yeah. that I just, I kind of adore. But yeah. like. You know, and I'm well aware that, you know, he is not working with the budget that David Gordon Green was at Blumhouse to make this film. Could you imagine a Blumhouse Breen film? Could you imagine? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Somebody's like, here's $25 million. Just go make a movie. I imagine. He's like, I'm going to make 27 films right now. (laughs) Yeah. No. no, um, If you guys don't know who Neil Breen is, look him up. He is. He is. um, Like, Tommy Wiseau wishes he was Neil Breen. Let's just put it that way. Um, Yeah. And I've talked about the fact that I have a pure admiration for Ed Wood just because of his earnestness. You know? So, like. It's just interesting to me that like whatever the most recent movie that come out that came out that somebody didn't like is suddenly their worst movie they've ever seen. That's fair. I just feel like that's such an odd. I thing mean, not it. everything can be the Boondock Saints. That's my hot take. F that movie. <laughs> I know I, I swore earlier, but I just I despise that film. So all right, so well, let's move on to the next one here. Uh, this next one, uh, this movie made me remember God has abandoned us. The Last Jedi. That's correct. <laughs> Like, I'm pretty sure that if you're looking for faith in film, Last Jedi is probably not the place that you want to I also start, think that but... a Ryan Johnson film's not to where you want to go with that. Because I feel like uh, he'd be like, well, sorry that you um, you have a weak faith. Like, you yeah. know, like... I mean, it, it would be no less surprising if they were like, I watched Knives Out and somehow God has abandoned us. I'd be like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I just I don't understand these reviews. Alrighty, uh, this next one here, uh, this one is short and to the sweet to the point. This is probably the shortest review that we have. Uh, it's just dumb and bad. Is well, that Halloween Kills or The Last Jedi? Last Jedi. It's Halloween Kills. Oh, so, wow. Uh, yeah. Was it not only not a good movie, but apparently it was also dumb. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next one. Have you seen Critters 4? That's what I'm going to throw out there to, <laughs> to them. Uh, Critters 3 is not great either, but have you seen Critters? Sorry, you know what? Critters 3 is worse than 4. Have you seen Critters 3? That's what I say to you. I know it has um, a Leonardo DiCaprio who, like, he's always going to be my um, like my connection to Critters. I'm like, oh, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. every, Critters is life. Have you seen Critters 3? No, you're not. So. <laughs> All right, so this next one here, uh, I quite like this review. Um, not as terrible as people say, but still just not good. <laughs> Last Jedi. That is correct, yeah. Uh, which I still don't understand what the what the intent is with this review, where I'm like, okay, so it's not the piece of shit that you thought it was, but it's somehow 
a better piece of shit. I don't know. Right. It's just it's it's weird. Like I. And again, this is why there are whenever anybody tells you like you know movie credits reviews are not important. You could you could take that with a grain of salt and be like, well, what was your review? And they're like, well, it wasn't terrible. Okay, well, well, I'm gonna, I'm like, here, here's my insight. hot take. Can we can we tag? Like, can somebody call us out in a year from now? Can I tell you that because the creative team that's behind the first two of these new Halloween films, they're doing the third one. It's that there's a consistency that no matter what comes next is going to be better than the Rise of Skywalker. Can we agree on that right now? Ooh. I, I would probably say that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. oh, I just want to point this out real quick. The amount of people who are complaining about the idea that, uh, you know, David Gordon Green is going to now move on to The Exorcist and do three movies for Peacock based on The Exorcist with, I believe, Ellen Burstyn returning. Um, yeah, there was a TV show that was quite good that Fox put out a few years ago that no one watched. Uh, and I, if I remember correctly, I sang that it's praises on here. Yeah, you did. Um, and it got canceled. Um, and there's also like a slew of bad exorcist movies. Like there's exorcist and exorcist three and then everything else. Like, well, exorcist three, like the director's cut. And then also, um, you and I both really appreciated Abby. Like, can we, do, yeah. can we please but get, Abby can we do an updated though. version of yeah. Abby? Can we get an updated of Abby? Cause I think that'd be, I think that'd be amazing. Like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And not only an updated version of Abby, Warner brothers, you know, take the stick out of your ass. Release, Let's release, release, release the print that you have. And can we clean it up and release it for money? I will absolutely. buy, I would buy a, a cleaned up print of Abby. Like I know that. Yeah. Prime for like a Severn release or Scream Factory or yes. whoever. It's been over forty years. Let it out into people. Yeah, and just throw, the people, if you're not listening, this is cut like what three years ago. We did the year of the knockoff. Yeah. We covered Abby and The Exorcist. Go back and listen to that episode. Um, yeah, Abby's a lot of fun. I mean, the third act gets a little, a little like it, it loses a little steam, but. My God, like if that doesn't, uh, you know, um, uh, it's a movie that should be out there, though. It, it's, yeah, it's a lot it, of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not The Exorcist, but few movies are. And for it being a knockoff, it's still pretty fun and got some. And it's made, cool it made me a it. fan of Gerd, William Girdler, you know. And yeah. so, yes, um, please, please, please check that out. So anyway, continue. Where, where are we at with our reviews here? Alrighty, so the next one here is is uh this movie was so bad I wish they never would have made it. Oh um let me drink some tears. Last Jedi. You are correct. Yeah, that's another Last Jedi or uh, why am I applauding uh, that? I don't know why I'm applauding <laughs> it, but I, yeah. I got one right. Yay! Alright, um, so yeah. the next one here is is uh, messy and about as subtle as a brick to the head, but it's fairly entertaining. Halloween kills. Yeah, that's correct. So that one might have been a little too on the nose. That's fine. Uh, I, for... I kind of want Ryan Johnson to make a Halloween film now. I, kinda, I know. I, like, I want David Gordon Green to make a Star Wars movie. Sure, why not, Ryan right? Like, why, why not? Or like, the two of them to work together at this point. Well, I mean, I know Ryan Johnson's making a Star Wars, another Star Wars films, right? So, but could you, like, I don't know. I think there's, oh, I think Ryan Johnson would just, like, I think he's all, I think he's really good at, I think there's a difference between being like, I'm so clever, wink, versus 
I know what I'm doing and I'm going to pull the rug out from you multiple times. Like, right. Yeah. I and, think, and, yeah. And the thing with the last Jedi, and I've gone back to this is, is like, yeah, I had my problems with it, but it's not bad that I'm talking about the movie. It wasn't a bad thing where I'm like, I don't know that I see where Luke went with this storyline or, you know, I felt like the Canto bite sequence was, you know, could have been edited down. Those are those are legitimate criticisms, but they're also not things where I'm like, well, Ryan Johnson should never be able to make a movie ever again. Yeah, like, that's fair. Which yeah. is kind of some of the uglier reviews of Halloween Kills that I left out of this, where people were literally like, you know, David Gordon Green somehow had done some sort of awful thing that should never ever uh, be allowed out into the oh, public. Again. I mean, like, okay, I know, I know, we're we're going along, but for a three hour, uh, whatever. Anyway, my point is, is that Halloween has been restarted so many times. You get to pick the ones that you like, and like, but you, yeah. what you talked about earlier, right? Like, cool, these are cool. If they're not, they're not cool. Don't watch them. You don't have to have Buster Rhymes. It's fine. Like, just yeah. pick the ones you like. Um, I'm still going to be of a mindset that I really, really dig Halloween three because it's the weird one. And yeah. also, you know, you got you got your Tom Atkins in there. And but again, I'm not going to begrudge anybody else. Like, you know, like well, it's yeah. also the thing of you know uh, that I talked about previously. You know, with whether it be Star Wars canon or not, where people were upset when you know they announced the sequel trilogy and they're like, yeah, the comics and books that have come out were immediately saying that those don't count, which I don't think those were ever technically considered canon in the first place because lucas was always like yeah my movies are canon nothing else is yeah and then when disney came out we're like yeah well now we're making the official sequels so nothing counts anyways people got so butthurt about that but like the book is still on your shelf you know the comic is still in your your box you could still go back and enjoy those things and i feel the same way with these like you know i love halloween four but this has been that movie's been redacted like three times at this point. <laughs> like I'm not, it's not going to take away from my enjoyment of it. So Halloween, um, Halloween, sorry, sorry. Friday 13th, five exists. Cool. Six exists. That makes me very happy. And X exists. And it makes me very happy. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's fine. So continue on. How many more we got here? Uh, we're about halfway through. Okay, so. great. Let's just run it. Let's just do it. Alrighty. So the next one here is, uh, if you have to mess with the classics, you must tread carefully. Alas, it was not to be. The Last Jedi. All right, this one's a this this was a trick question. Uh, that was a Masters of the Universe revelation. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the trick. <laughs> I couldn't Classics, cartoon made to sell toys. Go go go! Put your head up your ass. I just <laughs> calm down. You know what? It's just. Calm but you down. can't mess with the classics like the 1983 oh, you, can't, you can't mess with the classics. Cartoon. How dare you betray the real Ghostbusters or Silverhawks? Just go, <laughs> go put your head up your ass. It's fine. Just calm down. It's fine. All right. So I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read this one the way it was written. Okay. So just please keep this in mind. Do not waste tour money! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! It was supposed to say your money, but they didn't check their spelling. But then they put in parentheses, all caps on purpose. So <laughs> this was written in all caps, and then they had uh, not only uh, a spelling grammar, but they wanted to point out that it was in caps 
purposely. So okay. which film would that be? Mm, not worth your tour money. Yeah. Halloween, Halloween Kills. That's correct. Yeah. Wow, you're doing very well at this. Uh, I mean, uh, this next one. I, here. I, I speak troll. I don't know. If you know or not. I'm, <laughs> I'm well versed. I am. Um, I'm an overweight white guy in my uh, my forties. I speak troll. I, I think I understand. Uh, you know. Um, oh, <laughs> outrage. That's where I'm at. So. <laughs> Uh, this, this one here I think is fun. Um, oh, it's not fun. It's just it's it's even extremely shitty. Okay. Uh, where they say, "Wish I could give it zero stars." That's it. Yep. Halloween kills. No, it's the last Jedi. That meaning okay. that like they sat down and watched it, and they're like, "There's absolutely nothing of merit in this movie." Well, they're like, wrong. Um, like, yeah. it's just it's just so crazy to me that you're like. No, this movie deserves no stars at all. I don't care about any of the people who worked in it or any of the performances. Like, even if I, you know, will go on about Mark Hamill's or Luke Skywalker's arc, Mark Hamill was phenomenal in that movie, and I love his return to the character. Like, I would certainly not give it no stars on that alone. So, I again, maybe I'm being too, you know, I'm being uh, too... Uh, I I don't know. I'm I'm being too straightforward or something. I don't know. But I there's there's nothing in the last Jedi where I'm like, yeah, give it zero stars. I don't know that there is that many movies that I could honestly like I at least give them a half star for God's sakes. All right. I'm 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 drunk mm. and going on. So Fair next enough. one here. Some real cringy lines in this one. That's the review. Last Jedi. Halloween Kills. Oh, you were so close. Oh, were you? I don't know. But yes, it was Halloween Kills. So, uh, you know, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I mean, there's the moment at the end of the film, and I didn't bring this up. It's one of the moments that took me out of the movie where at the end of the film, before he is killed by Michael, uh, Sheriff Brackett, and spoilers, sorry, Popel, people, Popel, um, I can't even talk anymore where he recites his famous line from the original film where he says everyone's entitled to a good, uh, one good scare. And then he, you know, says it to Michael right before they're going to kill him. And I'm like, it's a little on the nose. It's a little cringy. So that's, that's probably a review that I would give a little bit of weight to, but it's not a great review nonetheless. All right. So, uh, this, this next one here, I'll let you tell me which one it is. I have never seen a movie more cheesy, ridiculous, more stupid, more disappointing than this movie right here. The Last Jedi. Well, there you go. Yeah, you got you got that one right. Hmm. And I don't mean that in like a, a way that I was putting you down. I was just pointing out no, that uh, I have a review for you. It's uh, it's one half one half star on Letterboxd. Okay, this isn't a film. It's a limited edition merch. It's licensed ephemera that the accountants, landlord, and product managers, and any other well-adjusted member of the spend money now official fandom. Oh gosh, this goes on further than that. Um, <laughs> who dress vaguely um, for some reason can safely enjoy with their terrible children. I'm not going to read the rest of this because um, it goes on way longer than I thought it was going to be. 
What, I'm going to say that that's the last Jedi review. Well, it's not because it's Halloween Kills. Um, oh, they, my. They title it Halloween Blows. Um, I'll read the right. Okay, let, let's see here. Oh, um, or let me just interject here real quick. I don't have kids, so I don't know what age I would be sharing Halloween with them. Mm-hmm. And I, I have, have had this discussion with other people. Oh, this goes like, on forever. Yeah, oh, my gosh. This goes on for 7,000 years. Okay. But the point that I was going to make is, is I've had discussions with people who have kids and I'm like, you can show them this movie because I saw X, Y, Z at, you know, nine or 10. And they're like, I'm not showing that to my kid. So I'm not exactly the best way to, uh, I'm not the best barometer for what you should be showing your children. (laughs) That said, Halloween, I don't know what age I would share that with a kid. Like, I honestly don't know. So like, just like, like, 1213 just like this isn't just let them know it's not real it's see funny. i was thinking 10 or 9 okay that's, that's great that's probably now. where my mom showed me it anyway so here here's what here is a drivel paragraph from this review that i have here so do you have any, anything else do you have another um oh i've got three more to go through, here so. okay one second let me just read this similar to the pig vomit they pushed up as a first installment a couple years back this whole thing feels like a conscious dilution of what zombie did to an almost homeopathic degree i have no idea what that means uh any risk is completely removed any choices excised at one stage some character who cares who takes off Michael's mask as if to steal his power. Then he just puts it back on again. Just one of the many truly compelling psychological travesty tapestries woven before our eyes. I'm so sorry that you know words, but not how to put them together. <laughs> is that last part, uh, part of the review? Or yeah, it is. Review no, this goes review? on for 7,000 years and it is upsetting. <sighs> Um, and what's the last, um, last bit here. This is exactly the kind of horror masterwork you'd expect from a guy who tried to be Terrence Malick. Terrence Malick doesn't do horror. Um, I mean, I've not seen his films, but I know he doesn't do horror. Um, expect from a guy who did Terrence Malick, blah, 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 but gave up a comedy writer who has spent 10 years being told his TV writing is a, a sacred art. Some former child actors, the guy who shot paranormal activity too, and a load of Blumhouse money men, including uh, former horror blogger Ryan Rotten. This guy has axes to, to grind a plenty. Who had kickstarted his career as personal assistant to convicted uh, uh, pedophile Victor Salva on Jeep- Jeepers Creepers 2. Okay, that's a lot to unpack there. Okay, um, so I I, I, I want to address this real quick. Okay, <laughs> he's talking about Ryan Rotten, who is a gentleman by the name of Ryan Turek. His his pen name, like yes. 15 years ago or whatever, was Ryan Rotten. He ran a, sh- a site called uh, Shock from You Drop, or Shock to You Drop. Okay. And it was actually the site that I would go to for horror news. And uh, now, granted, I don't know Ryan personally. I've only, I met him once, uh, the last time I went to LA in 2014 at Stanley's comic con. Cause he was doing a panel there. Uh, sweet, nice guy. And a guy who, um, like his goal was that like, he wanted to see Halloween done right. And whether you feel like that's, whether you agree with that or not, 
He's a guy who pushed Blumhouse to acquire the rights for Halloween. Okay. And yes, he worked on a Victor Selva movie. I don't know that many, many people are familiar with the ins and outs of Victor Selva's um, case and things like that. Um, I am not somebody who is a fan of Jeeper Creeper, Jeepers Creepers, which is what he's referring to. So I never delved beyond the original. So I can't speak too much to that uh, as uh, just either a, a horror fan or in general. But you cannot level that criticism against Ryan Turek, who was a film journalist, somebody who went to Hollywood, who wanted to make movies and is now at Blumhouse and is getting to be a producer and work in the, the genre he loves. No, they're, they're trying to I associate somebody gotten, else's somebody else's crimes with another. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I've never gotten a sense from Ryan Turek in any uh, sense of the word that he's not somebody who genuinely loves the uh, genre and loves movies and making films. Uh, it's it's really a shitty thing to throw at somebody who is just like trying to make something that he loves happen. And it's not like he is some sort of you know barometer that you should hold every uh, you know Victor Selva film or that particular one that he worked on. He he was it wasn't like he was the. F- Oh, sorry. Everybody it's gets not, one. Uh, this might, yeah. you know what? You know what? It's our, it's our, tr- it's our trick or treat episode. There's it's, some more tricks. That's what's going to happen. Fine. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I don't know Ryan personally, but everything that I've ever read from him is he's a guy who genuinely loves the genre. And I feel like he's really tried to work hard within the industry to get where he is and bring it to people and share it with people. And so I don't know, like, your your review is not a place to go after somebody for their uh, career and the way that they've gone about achieving that career. Yeah, because Silva is not associated with Halloween, and there's not mm, no there's and, there, there's been nobody that's brought up that like to like you just brought up like with with this gentleman that like he's not done something that he it's 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 garbage like i i i should not have read the rest of that i apologize no no that's okay it's, it's not your fault you know it, it's a complicated issue and we're going on to three and a half hours steve so no um, it's just yes. one of those things where i no you're I, you're, you're I not gotta, wrong you're I, completely I right about, about it, it because yes. i heard somebody talking bad about somebody who i personally like within the horror field because i've never gotten a genuinely bad vibe from him we'll put it that way yeah and there's other terrible people that deserve everything coming to them it's just it's, it's like, I don't know. In a, um, people that have worked with a Hitchcock film, it's like, did they do the same things he did? No. Like, so have, have has time shown that they're not also absolute monsters like he is? No. So like, don't, don't cast aspersions towards a, an individual that worked under somebody that did. I don't know. It, it's complicated, yeah. but this person, you're talking about Ryan Turek. Like I, I, they, it, if there's something out there, it will come to light, but so far it's not been because it sounds like this is just a dude who's working and trying to do his own thing and, you know, make horror films and, you know, anyway. yeah, yeah. It, it's just, it's, it's weird to include that in your review. And I, yep. I, I feel like that's more of a personal attack against Ryan than the film. Fair enough. I, um, yeah. So anyway, so let's get back to the, you have three more, right? So yeah, my apologies. No, so no, 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 no. I, I, I didn't realize that was going. We took a hard turn. I apologize Excuse for that. So, yes. 
That was not such a hidden burp. But uh, <laughs> this next one here, uh, I like mess, but not this kind of mess. Halloween Kills. Last Jedi. Oh, gosh, uh, you tricked me so many times here. Okay. Yes. Uh, everything I need to know about... <laughs> this one is it's particularly stingy. Everything I need to know about a person lies in their review of this movie alone. Okay, well, which, I'm so sorry you don't have friends. <laughs> which movie is that, though? Oh, I'm sorry. That was the next one. Um, uh, the Last Jedi. Yes, that's correct. Which is just like... Really? That's your barometer for entry for friendship is that uh, their take on uh, Last Jedi, if it doesn't match up with yours, uh, that somehow reflects badly well, on the Well, I person. hope your parents yeah. still let you live in their basement. That's fine. All right. So I have two more. This okay, last yes, one here, yes. or the second to last one, uh, poor writing, abysmal character development, and cripples a franchise. Any cinematographer or connoisseur of good movies will know that this is a bad film. All the characters who had such amazing potential work were dashed away. Avoid it like the plague. That's passionate, The Last Jedi. Yeah, it is The Last Jedi. Yeah, written I don't by understand Steve. Whether, <laughs> Kidding. Like, yeah. the, they're attacking the cinematographer, really? Like, yeah. was there anything within that film that I. I've never even seen that come up in a review where I'm like, nobody's attacking the cinematography <laughs> of the last shot. How dare, how dare a Star Wars film look like a Star Wars film? Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Too many star wipes. Well, you know, or I'm sorry, not star wipes, but, uh, you yeah. know, whatever those wipes are called. Um, yeah. If they use Star Wars movies, like, yeah, this has always been there. All right. Last one here is uh, this one's a giveaway, and it's just my favorite review. Pretty much the last Jedi as a slasher flick, if you think about it. <laughs> I'm gonna guess Halloween kills. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Well, no. Um, as as Abrams coming back for the third slasher of the Halloween films, I'd be like, <laughs> Oh no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. We're gonna just we're gonna fix everything that just happened. It's fine. It's fine. You know, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, the internet hot takes are real and um, also terrible. So, yeah, that's where we go with that. Yeah, I just, I, I, I get it. I, I, there's part of me that wonders what the age group is, is a lot of these, <laughs> these reviews. But, there, I, I, okay, so I feel like the people writing the shitty takes on The Last Jedi are in their 40s. And I feel like the people writing the Halloween Kills ones are in their 20s. But they're the same. Star Wars comes out in 77. Halloween comes out in 78. They should technically be the same fan base. So I don't know anymore. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, we live in a world of first. Everything has to be first, yeah. right? So, all right. Um, there you go. I hope you guys enjoyed this share size episode of uh, Invasion. Um, we went over even longer than we normally do. So... Good luck listening to this in one sitting. Um, we, spoiler, we didn't record this in one sitting because of, uh, you know, um, peeing a lot. That's what we did. And so that's what happened. So next week, um, we're going to finish out our spooky October talking about uh, um, Wes Craven's New Nightmare from 1994, which is like another um, soft reboot of the Nightmare franchise. And um, we'll have our friends from At the Devil's Ball involved 
uh, Nathaniel and Semiel talking about this because they recently did. Well, it's it's been over the past like year or so that they've covered all the Nightmare um, ep- like franchise uh, installments aside from this one because they're going to invade our um, podcast and uh, talk about it. So I can't wait to get their takes and then jab them a little bit in the ribs about Halloween Kills. I won't do that because they they don't they don't want to talk for four hours, but. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I really, really enjoyed uh, you finding the reviews for both those films because, um, my God, you're right. They're the same they're the same goddamn thing. People are just mad because they already have what came before. How dare things go different? You know, so. Yeah, you can have problems with either of them, but, like, you know, just think about your review. And if you're going to say something's the worst movie you've ever seen, you better damn make sure it's the worst movie you've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, go watch Boondock Saints. Anyway, continue. That's that's my take. Um, is that the worst film I've ever seen? Ever ever made? I don't know. That's what's one of the I ones honestly, I you know, uh, we're wrapping up here, yes, and I know we're yes. trying to desperately get to the end. I, <laughs> I can't. We're, I can't. We're think desperately of getting what to the end. Movie yes. I've ever seen is. I don't know what I know what that bar is at this point. Is it because I've seen so many movies? I is I, it the Velocipaster? Is that the one of the worst films you've ever seen? No, I don't think it is. Is it is uh, it the film we've not seen called Bad Ben? Is that what you think that might be one of the worst films? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I guess we won't know until we get there. But all right, all right. You know. That's going to do it for us this week. I hope you guys enjoyed the additional forty plus minutes more than we normally do. Um, have a good week. Have a safe week. Um, pick up all your apples. Um, attack Shatner uh, whenever you see him. I don't know. I got nothing else. I'm sorry for it all.
It's a hunter's moon. 